0: And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the,
1: the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes.
2: Welcome to The Great Movies Podcast, a retrospective film review show where we discuss movies in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I am Dylan Coyar.
0: I'm Jana Gardner.
3: And I'm Nick Fulton.
2: Well, today we are discussing James Whale's Frankenstein, based off the book by Mrs. Percy Shelley.
0: (laughs) How dare you, first of all.
3: (laughs) How dare James Uh, Whale the first time around.
0: This is is on (laughs) Universal Pictures here. True.
3: Yeah, true. How
0: how dare you, Carl Lemley? That's who I'm going to hold responsible for that. We'll
3: blame (laughs) Carl Mm Lemley.
0: Utter
2: madness that they did not give, like, Mary Shelley her due in the first one. Um, We will be talking about the original Frankenstein. We will be talking about young Frankenstein. We might even have some discussions about other Frankensteins. But mainly, we're talking about the book from Roger Ebert's uh, essay collection, Bride of Frankenstein. I don't know about you guys, but I have never been so scared to do a podcast, and not just because this is a horror movie, but this because we're talking about a lot of shit. Nick is. Got- I thought
0: you were going to say because you were afraid of Frankenstein. <laughs> I know. I, mean, I know it's, it's scary. It's
2: it's, it's a little <laughs> scary, but we have a lot of stuff to cover. Nick has no internet; he is on his phone.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Well, really, a little little I mean, behind s- the scenes knowledge. But I sound
3: pristine, <laughs> and uh, it's a reflection of how how good I keep my phone.
1: Mm-hmm. of course uh, exactly what kind of phone do you I have? keep
3: it in perfect order what kind of phone do i have yeah it's an uh it's an iphone
2: mm. well apple One of those iPhones? sponsor us man mm.
0: yeah oh yeah sure <laughs>
2: we'll talk up, I up all of nick's audio quality on this podcast i could
0: upgrade my iphone 8 maybe uh <laughs> oh if my. i God. <laughs> yeah i've been hanging on my iphone for a while it's fine mm.
3: you have an iphone 8 mm-hmm. wow
0: should i not i don't know it's fine
2: i had seven until a few months ago so
3: how long does your battery last because my battery like is is there's like the the doom upgrade that happens after you've had it for like six months and then your battery lasts like 17 minutes
0: yeah yeah and the other problem i've had is now that i work from home my cell phone is now my work phone and i'm on the phone many hours a day for my job so my phone it can make it right about to late afternoon if i if i'm lucky if i charge it hmm. all night it <laughs> can make it right about to mid to late afternoon but uh yeah do you, it's, do you use an anchor it really well in. i guess
3: if you're at home you don't really need it but
0: no i don't i just it's all it's all very boring it's all voice over ip but it comes to my phone and so i just have my headphones and
3: Oh, I, I mean like stuff. an anchor, like an extra, like an additional power source for like.
0: Oh, no, because I'm at home. I If I have to go plug it into the wall, it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but yeah, I keep, used to at work. I had a bunch of backup power stuff.
3: Right. Yeah. I, I keep one in my backpack, but like I upgraded to this one about a year <laughs> so, ago.
0: so mad at us right now. <laughs>
3: I converted to this one about a year ago, and i haven't I haven't needed to use it like ever because the battery's still good, but you know like the next time it updates or the next time Apple comes out with the iphone whatever i'm It'll just intu- yeah. I'm just anticipating that i'm I'm gonna have to use that anchor for extra power like by the time ten ten a m rolls around because that's how they do
0: probably. Yeah, uh, Dylan, this is, you're the one who asked him what kind of phone he has. I know, am, so. this is
3: my bad. <laughs> but we're we're, we're going to just turn into an iPhone <laughs> podcast
2: instead. Just, how's your mm-hmm. next update going? You know.
0: Yeah, when, only, and only when we have four movies to talk yeah. about, so, all right.
2: <laughs> At least. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we talk about any of the movies, though, I do want to bring up the book, which, mm-hmm. Jana, did you finish this th- today?
0: I, I I did some final chapters power reading that's today five. to make it to the end, but yeah, I, I yeah got the nice. gist.
2: Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to start off by talking about the book, um, not to, not in too much detail, but just some of the general things, because I think this is where, I mean, this has got to be one of the most important books of romantic literature, and has created a phenomenon that's lasted into modern. Uh, pop culture that I don't really know of anything except maybe Dracula has done, but even then I don't well, I don't even think Dracula's been as impactful as Frankenstein has.
0: Yeah, and I will say as far as its context with the movie, I did not know that like because I kind of figured, well, okay, you got Frankenstein, and then there's no sequel to the book, so they just made up this sequel for the movie Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of content from Bride is actually from the yeah. book, like you know, so. It, it I thought that was interesting. Yeah,
2: like literally, oh Bride Frankenstein is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
0: Exactly, real Godfather style.
2: Um, but really, like, Bride of Frankenstein is literally just the second half-ish, maybe mm-hmm. third. Yeah. Of the book, and mm-hmm. <laughs> arguably is follows the story a little bit more closely than the original does, because I can tell you does. the original does it- nothing. <clears throat> nothing in the lines of the book except a man v- named Frankenstein creates a dude and he's married someone named Elizabeth.
0: Yeah, except for the man named Frankenstein is not even Vic- like, uh, <laughs> he <movie I> <laughs> still messes with the names and like the most comp- basic thing in the world, Victor Frankenstein it's like, no, let's complicate that. We'll make him
2: Henry which is the name of his best yeah. friend Henry Claval in the book and then we'll name someone Indeed. else Victor but it's not Frankenstein. We're going to name this
3: other guy Victor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that- I did not remember I, that. I, spent, I got so mad. <laughs> I was just like, what are you doing I, to my brain?
0: I just spent longer than I should have been, like, confused. Like, I gave it too much of my mental energy to be like, hey, what's the play here? So if he's Victor, <laughs> then later on, are they going to, like, change identity? No. I no. don't know what I thought was going to happen. And
2: he, he's not even consequential in the final <laughs> bit of the story, honestly.
0: Right.
3: I like that he seems like he's going to be, like the guy who uh comes in and sweeps elizabeth off her feet because yeah. he's, uh-huh. he's not he's not a mad scientist and then it's just like nah <laughs> right uh. anyways no. th- he was he was here forget about him
1: <laughs>
0: right yeah <laughs> he's not even in the last third right, of the movie yeah. if
2: i remember it like he, I, yeah mm. uh, weird weird uh, stuff yeah. but um so Jana, what did you think of the book
0: um, I liked it. Um, I mean, it's I don't spend a lot of. Time. I somehow missed it when I was younger. I feel like I probably should have read it when I was in junior high or high school or something. For, forcibly um, so kind of or going...
2: uh, voluntarily?
0: No, either way, like forcibly. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't on any sort of reading list. But like, I think I would have really been into it. Um, it's very, but I did like very
2: it. angsty. I did really dig. It's that very
0: in high school. It's very angsty. Um, and I will say, you recommended I check out the audiobook version. Um, which I didn't have time because I could read so much faster than an audiobook, so I ended up just reading it, but I started listening to the first section from the audiobook, and it was really good. The version on Audible, at least, is performed by Dan Stevens, and, like, it really adds a lot of... It, like, adds to the angst, I yeah, think. Yeah, he has this, like, swoony, dark... Super cambered. melodramatic performance. Um, he, he's but pretty no, the angsty. biggest Yeah. <laughs> he's qu- exactly. It, it works. Um, but, no, I mean... Obviously, the, the biggest difference it, from the book and the movie, aside <laughs> Everything. from all of it. Yeah, yeah, but there's the framing device, right? Yes. The book has this framing device, um, the guy on a ship, whose name I already forgot. Captain Walton. Uh, Wal- Walton. Who confuses yeah, me because there's also a
2: Professor Walden later in the book.
0: That's the why I knew I was going to say it wrong. Um, but it has this framing device that I think is pretty useful uh, in that it just shows... You know, this guy, he's on his own journey. He has his own obsession. Yes. Um, and, you know, his is to go to the North Pole, really. But Rather than bring people back, his back on from his own. the dead. Right. And his, <laughs> his obsession is a little bit more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it totally sort of reshapes the Victor Frankenstein story anyway in this context of Someone else who can relate to his tales of obsession and what he lost and all that.
2: Yeah, it makes sure to have it be less of a one pronged, like, we shouldn't be messing with the laws of nature and we shouldn't be prejudiced, yeah. which is kind of like what right. Frankenstein does. <laughs> and it's like the idea of like romantic obsession and mm-hmm. glory, especially, is much more pertinent right. in the book, which I find interesting because, and especially because like you can compare it to Walden and um at least getting to the end of the book frankenstein is like telling walden as that like their boat is stuck in like this block of ice they're all going to die uh-huh. and frankenstein is just uh-huh. like carry on men you can make it and and like all his men start mutinying. and walton's just like you have to turn yeah. around but but yeah. even even walton So we did, finally, we did like, watch goes...
3: this movie then. We we did watch this movie. It was just it was russian and it was about communism. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Podemkin was just a loose yeah. remake of yeah. uh, <laughs> the ben one. The
3: main right guy inside. whose name I can't remember, but it starts with a V. He says yeah. something about comrades and
2: uh, Mustache Channing Tatum.
0: Yes, yeah. exactly. They they say we gotta we gotta move forward on our ship. Exactly. But
2: even in the <laughs> end, Walton is like sailing away, like saving his life and his men's life, and he's like, "God damn it, I really wanted to get to that North Pole and give glory." And it's just like. Right. These people are so fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, lesson lessons barely learned. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: Mary Shelley must have really had a grudge about the the the, the manly man romanticization of.
0: I Laurie. mean, we can we cannot this cannot be a Mary Shelley podcast. We've got to start talking about the movie. But, um, but if anyone best. hasn't ever read about yeah, if anyone hasn't ever read about her or her life or like the high <laughs> high jinks to put it mildly that she got up to in her lifetime, um, it's real interesting. Yeah.
2: Do recommend. And I mean, like, she also married like one of the greatest writers in the history of the Romantic era, as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. More of a poet. She also just like poet, but yeah, and she also just ran around, you know, having all kinds of affairs and breaking all kinds of rules. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she had her own quest for glory. Lived a life. She sure did. Um, All right.
2: Yeah, so I just wanted to bring up a little bit of stuff about the book. Um, Mm -hmm. I think from now we should at least get moving into the movies um, yes. and we can bring up maybe some stuff that contrasts into the book which is um, will be interesting a lot yeah um, <clears throat> starting off Nick did you watch the silent Frankenstein that I sent you
3: no I didn't have time I've been work has work has been a lot <laughs> the last yeah. few days, so I, I didn't That's get around to the what is it enough. 15 minute movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like 12 minutes, really. Um, uh, that, yeah, I watched it yeah. uh, <laughs> this afternoon. It's available. It's You just Google it. There's like eight different versions on Amazon. It's all this, or on on YouTube. It's also on Amazon. Um, they're all of varying degrees of clarity and quality. And sometimes the uh, inner titles are slightly mm-hmm. different depending on the different versions. Um, but yeah, weird. Weird little ten-minute version of the story. I,
2: there, so I don't want to talk too much about the ten-minute version. But there's two things I want to mention <laughs> specifically. One is in the book, um, and this is—I don't think it's even brought up in any of the films, even the surprisingly accurate in the beginning and then surprisingly inaccurate Kenneth Branagh version in the end. Um, sure. But like Frankenstein is obsessed with like recreating life as a young child, and at first it doesn't start with learning about science it's like oh i should learn about like the philosopher stone and all these like psycho magic people that think they knew how the world works um and when he goes off to college in like the towards the end of the first act of the book he has to learn like oh these people are dumb and i can do science and (laughs) it's so weird because in the very first frankenstein it's all magic there's no science in it he just like puts this cauldron into this box and then this weird like dangly uh, styrofoam creature kind of like gets birthed out it's of it. It's real cool. Yeah.
0: I, I love the look of the creature. Yeah, it kind of just starts like Thailand bobbing film.
2: around. It's like a little bobblehead. Yeah.
0: It, it looks kind of like those um, those car sale car yes, uh, lot things that are the inflatable with the arms. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. It looks like one of those. Yeah,
2: and so it was just interesting that in, in the very first adaption of Frankenstein onto a screen um they decided to just be like, screw the science and the lesson of the science can be a a deadly force of nature when used improperly. And let's just keep it to the magic. Um, The other thing is, which is the most, one of the most important scenes in the book, which doesn't happen as dramatically in any of the movies, um, except for this one is there's an important scene where the monster looks into the pond and he sees his reflection and he realizes mm-hmm. why people treat him the way he does. Right. And the way they actually defeat Frankenstein in the end of this movie is he looks into just a mirror in Elizabeth's bedroom, mirror. is so horrified that he literally poofs into nothing and dies. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Which is, an, is another, like, I, I, it's just interesting that they also grabbed that part and was like, we'll make that the entire catalyst of how we're going to defeat the monster in the end.
0: I mean, it's kind of an interesting take to focus on that, that basically he comes to recognize himself as a monster and that he, you know, isn't like the people and that, exactly. (laughs) He can't go on, basically.
2: Mm. Which
0: is kind of the end of Pride of Frankenstein.
2: But that's a whole other thing for now. (laughs) Um, But moving on to the main Frankenstein. Um, It unfolds in a graveyard with... Uh, the uh victor sorry with henry frankenstein and sure. his trusty servant igor no igor
3: igor <laughs>
2: no fritz no, it's, it's, it's fritz not, isn't it neither isn't it fritz <laughs> no it's it's fritz I, yeah it's i was just fritz. building up how yeah. ridiculous it is that like everyone knows igor and it's
0: and igor does not nope, exist nope.
2: yeah uh, you got this hunchback that isn't even Igor, it's some dude named... Fritz, is,
3: he, is he in the book? <laughs>
2: no! Literally, no. Nick, all all that's in the book is there's a dude named Frankenstein and he creates so a monster.
0: Where does Igor come from? So Igor... Like,
2: I, so I looked it up and er, Igor originally comes, <laughs> I think it said, from Son of Frankenstein. That's the first iteration okay. of okay. Igor. And it's originally spelled they, they Y-G-O-R-2.
0: Right. Okay. Um, so they do introduce Igor in, like, these movies, in sort of the yeah, original run Yeah, he becomes a sort of, of staple of it. the
2: Universal Monster series okay. that includes Frankenstein. Um, gotcha. I think he's also in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and some of the others. Um, but, yeah, in this, it's Fritz. Hello, Fritz. Fritz. Yeah. So. Well, we
3: didn't, I, I do want to talk real quick about um, the, the very beginning, which is the intro from Colorado. Carl Lemley. oh
1: yeah, yeah. which oh
3: that's that
2: right c- and, and, and he, he, he proclaims himself Dr. Walden as well which is an interesting thing
3: <laughs> did that remind you guys of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes where sometimes I mean like, uh, if I if I, if
2: I if I knew yeah. what the Simpsons were yes <sighs> probably <laughs>
0: Yeah, we, we've, we've talked, we've talked Treehouse of Horror before, but yeah, no, where it has that kind of meta thing of like, now this is going to be scary. So, you know, watch out, be prepared. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, yeah that's so exactly I, like what Dr. Walden's like.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I think that ha- that had to have been like a, a reference when Simpsons do that to, to this. Uh, I just, almost. I just, lo- I like having any kind of like weird framing device to open movies. Like I love the Beauty and the right. Beast one um Ugh. but yeah i thought this was a pretty fun one and the bride of frankenstein one yeah. is even better which we'll get it's to. Yeah. the best
2: like is there a yeah. better opening like intro framing device in movie history than bride of frankenstein's
0: yeah yeah it's really good um but yeah i had forgotten thanks for bringing that up nick i'd forgotten about this too and i thought that yeah. was really funny just and it's one of those things where i'm not sure if it's like if it was sort of clever and creative or sort of at the time if this was like well you gotta warn people it's 1931 <laughs> you can't just show them something scary like <laughs> i'm not sure how winky it is i guess is yeah. what i'm wondering
3: yeah, yeah maybe that's true um, it's yeah. it's like very nice it may not, shock you it's very not scary though like I, and i've seen other movies it, it's not just for its time like i've seen other movies from you know that era mm-hmm. that are sort of scary um this one's just not yeah. not Nosferatu is, right.
2: is that's a very scary movie in my
3: opinion. That's very scary. yeah that that one's like mm-hmm. chilling. This one is like very not scary, like even yeah. a little bit. and I'm a big chick like <laughs> we've established on the show I'm a big chicken, but this this is like <laughs> yeah. not scary at all.
0: yeah, same. agree. um
2: I will say I think most of the terror comes in just how uncomfortable it is. Like, everyone points mm-hmm. out the, and we'll get to it, the scene with the, the girl. And she just, he just, like, throws her in the lake and she drowns. And it's just like, oh, God, that's horrible.
0: Right. It's just, like, upsetting. Yeah. It's just, like, it's exactly. an upsetting it's, thing. But, it's, not a, it's not a scare. You're not going to, like, jump out of your seat. but
2: Yes. The intro stage also looks a lot like the stage in Young Frankenstein where they perform putting on the Ritz.
0: Sure. Yeah. It, yeah. Does. <laughs> it does. Very similar.
2: Anyway. Uh, then they open in a cemetery and they dig up a dead body. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh no, they don't dig it up. Isn't it a hanging person that they grab for it has to go up the? So so many hanging people in these movies. Sure
0: is. (laughs) It sure is. How
2: how did that make you feel, Jana?
0: uh, I mean, I will say at least in some of these older movies, like it all looks a little bit faker, so it's not quite often. It's just like a shadow. Pretty upsetting. Yeah, but it kind of hangs there for a while, so that, you know, definitely set the mood. Fritz for, like,
2: <laughs> three minutes is climbing across this, like, it's just like... Yeah. Jenna's just like, nope, gone. Fritz, get yeah, it down, cool. get it down, man. Right.
0: right, yeah, they have it... Yeah, so they're they're there, I don't know if they're there to dig up bodies sort of also, but it, more conveniently, they just, you know, have some hanging around, so... Mm-hmm.
2: And there's, like, a spooky skeleton just hanging around the court, the cemetery, mm-hmm. which... I, I, if I was burying a loved one somewhere, I wouldn't want a skeleton hanging out. That doesn't...
0: Yeah, this is definitely like haunted house style <laughs> cemetery. What we're dealing with where there's skeletons in the corner and yeah. bodies hanging.
2: And I, I, don't, I don't know why, but
3: <laughs> could you imagine the funeral? Just like you're, you're burying a loved one. And you look over and there's just like a skeleton like reaching its arm out. and You're like, what the hell, man? Like, put that away.
0: Right. Yeah, this is not exactly a sort of rest in peace kind no. of vibe.
3: We're trying. We're trying to grieve you assholes. Put the skeleton away.
0: <laughs> Put the skeleton away. I don't yeah. need to
3: know. That's what my loved one's going to turn into.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, Make you face. Whenever
2: it. Whenever I just see like a skeleton in the background, I always get reminded of the the skeleton in the house, just. Oh, I just, sure. I just yeah. To start like dancing around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Nick and I are trying to recreate it to the best of our abilities, but we are in fact. It's impressive. Not. Skeletons. No, thank you. Or not only well, skeletons. Well,
0: technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I'm
2: um, <clears throat> so then, uh, Fritz, I'm, I swear, I almost said Igor, but Fritz, yeah, fine. Fritz mm-hmm. has to go recover a brain from, uh, yeah. isn't it from Dr. Walden's uh, classroom mm-hmm. where he yeah. keeps his brains mm-hmm. on his table? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nick, did that ever happen in uh in your medical education that people just leave brains out on the the table?
0: They're in jars right uh, yeah sure.
3: yeah, <laughs> we did keep so um uh so we had cadavers um and we would we spent the first semester um dissecting the cadavers and then towards the end we were, so we would do like the the chest and the muscles and the organs and all that jazz. Uh, I guess the brain's an organ, too, technically. But um, So the last thing we did was, like, break open the calvarium, take the brain out, and then that was actually um, removed not by the medical students, but by either the anatomists or their, like, PhD students, and they were saved in um, formaldehyde jars until Mm. we did, like, a neuro module about six months later, and then they were just kept in a room um, in jars of formaldehyde, and we would go through, like... Every day, or a few times a week, and uh, at like, least they're kept in a
2: closet and... somewhere.
3: <laughs> I don't remember somewhere where they beekeeping. were. I don't remember where they were like actually kept. I remember very well where the um, cadavers themselves were kept, but I don't remember if the the brains were like kept behind closed door i mean everything's like a closed door in the sense that lay people can't get in but i can't remember if um like the medical students had had after hours access to them whereas for the cadavers we actually did because people go down there to like study to you know get a better like hands-on look at the anatomy i can't remember if that was the case for the brains or not though but anyways Mm -hmm. yes there were a lot of brains kind of Hanging around, they were not labeled uh, normal and abnormal. We didn't really <laughs> yes. get ab-normal. Uh, the yeah, exactly. yeah we we didn't get like the the po- police and legal history of uh, of the cadavers. Mostly, it was just right. a brief a brief medical overview that was about a sentence long in the patient's age and, and uh, sex. So yeah, we mm. didn't we didn't know whether or not one was uh, abnormal in the sense that I'm presuming abnormal means criminal or
0: right, my in, in, in the Frankenstein impression. movie they
2: specifically say it's a criminal and mm. not just as in right. for young Frankenstein it's, it's abnormal.
0: yeah mm. it's like yeah just sort of average person or yeah like a yeah, like, criminal there's these
2: riches and therefore that means they're gonna be a murderer it's like okay right. <laughs> um, but yes Fritz goes in he grabs the jar Butterfingers it's on the ground That brain is no longer usable, so he must grab the criminal brain. Oh no! Yeah.
0: Yes. So the implication here is that if he'd gotten the regular brain, it would have been fine. Like Frankenstein. That's what I got from it too.
2: But that also kind of destroys the idea that like evil is not created; it is learned through like horror and and
0: that the sin of. And that the sin that Frankenstein commits is sort of his hubris in trying to create life and play God yeah, in and general. And instead, of this one, it comes down to not just use, having the wrong, fingers. Yeah, that you just used the wrong brain. If only mm-hmm. he if he hadn't dropped it, then he would have just made a nice friend for himself <laughs> and not <laughs> this monster.
3: Conversely, though, like Frankens, or the, the monster um, mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be evil when he starts off. Like, he's no, being no, it, he tortured. He, it, he kills... He kills Fritz in self-defense. He accidentally he like manslaughters the girl, but it's because mm-hmm. he's he's big and he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't like really a, go if after if the a, count.
2: If a baby was six foot seven, he'd throw his own child into his lake too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. right. Yeah, he's just a big lumbering dude.
3: So then, is the movie trying to say? And I I don't know that it necessarily is, but at least I, reinterpreting after the fact is the movie saying that like a. a the brain of the abnormal person the person wasn't abnormal until society put pressures on them or uh, mm-hmm. like maltreated them in ways that made them abnormal because that's certainly like how the monster becomes like he mm-hmm. y- you can envision that like if they're very nice to him and they give him a good life you'd probably be like relatively well well uh well-adjusted I would think for considering that he's you know the yeah. reanimated dead he certainly wouldn't need an yeah. entire town with pitchforks and torches going after him right. so I think that's yeah. like sort of an and, interesting way to look at it
0: yeah and both there's there's a section in the book and it's it's in a little bit of Bright and Frankenstein too where when someone does just treat him nice and normally and does not judge him and is not scared of him and does not is not aggressive towards him he's a pretty cool guy yeah. like yeah. He, he does fine <laughs> like if you know Yeah, so I I think that's probably exactly right. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure like how, like how deliberate that thesis is, but yeah, yeah, same makes sense. Yeah,
3: I I do feel like um, since we're talking about the Fritz dropping the thing, it's Mm -hmm. like, did you guys see Young Frankenstein first? I know I know you did, Jana. Oh yeah, yeah. The scene plays out in in Frankenstein. Basically the exact same way as it does in yeah. Young Frankenstein. If you were to write it down on paper, it, it it would look the exact same. And the one is like pretty funny and the other one's serious and supposed to be kind of dark.
0: Played for... Yeah, that was very surprising to me. There were a couple of things that were surprising to me in that way uh, mm-hmm. where I was just like, oh, so this is actually how it happened. Like, yeah. I... I, I because I was just so unfamiliar with these old you know universal horror movies um, and all the original versions but I've seen young Frankenstein a million times I it didn't occur to me that it was that much of a straight parody I thought oh well this is just kind of like oh Frankenstein it's black and white they it's their version of the story so when it was act had actual scenes lifted like mm-hmm. even even the scene with the blind guy like I had no idea that that was. <laughs> Real, so I and, and it's <laughs> learned very, a lot watching these backwards. Seems pretty it's accurate.
3: very similar, like it's it's barely <laughs> it's parody, it's
0: extremely similar. It's, it's more, extremely it's extremely similar.
3: It's more like a cover than a than a parody, yes, right.
2: it's true.
0: It, it really is. It's more just sort of like a, yeah, it's like a modern, weird almost cover. like a modern remake, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a weird out cover.
2: <laughs> anyway, um, then we meet Henry's fiance Elizabeth who is speaking to Victor and uh, mm-hmm. also her father uh, Victor's father about the marriage mm-hmm. and they decide argh we need to go see uh, Henry God, I, I hate these the name Victor changes the Victor Henry
0: thing is a huge problem I it's, hate it. this. it's a huge problem
2: <laughs> anyway <laughs> um, so they have to go see Frankenstein and he's like I have created life and something I always forget is that uh, Elizabeth's there when they recreate the monster which is weird Very weird, Mm -hmm. because it always seems like Elizabeth in the book and in Young Frankenstein is this, like, faraway thing that, Mm -hmm. like, it's out of Frankenstein's reach because he's so focused on this path Mm -hmm. to, like, breaking nature itself. And this one, Elizabeth's just standing in the corner like, you're fucking crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, he has her come along to, like, look what I can do. He's very (laughs) proud of his accomplishment. Uh, Backfires on him, but... Just a little. Yeah. Um,
2: I do think the next scene where we see um, the Frankenstein's monster, though, for the very first mm-hmm. time um, I mean, we see it wake up with like, it's alive, it's alive, it like puts its hand up but we don't really get to see the monster itself besides him bandaged up. I don't even think they take the face mm-hmm. off, right? Am I wrong? I
0: can't Not at know? first No
2: Um, so the first time we see the monster is later when I think it's Victor and Henry talking and the monster just decides to, like, walk upstairs, like, a child wakes up in the morning. (laughs) It's like, hey, it's coming, it's coming. They don't have, like, any observation (laughs) on the monster at all. It felt really weird, but I think the very first shot of just seeing Karloff, like, walk up stairs and it's got this really dramatic lighting and shit, that was kind of creepy. That was the only time I felt, like, really... Any sort of creep in the movie um Nick did this creep you out at all scaredy cat
3: no, not really I mean <laughs> no I was, I was tough i was I was toughening it out this time <laughs> um, no, I think like honestly the scariest character in this is Fritz because he's yeah, like, Fritz like is a, just a little psycho he's just a little yeah. uh like sadistic psychopath and that's pretty like i think his character is pretty scary i'm i'm pretty glad that he he gets it early on <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: um because the monster tries to escape because this is not a conducive home environment for our, our dear monster um and he does not like fire and so that gets him a little agitated and they have to uh said a him three words three syllables sedate him
0: sedate <laughs> yeah they knock him unconscious yeah tranquilize
2: yeah uh, it's just in young frigate where they have to do the the, the word game oh, oh. Three, three syllables <laughs> <said>. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> that's a very good scene yes
2: <laughs> um but yeah so they knock him out and put him in uh in in the dungeons it's just, it's just this is so different from the book Cause, it is. Okay, so when the, w- in the book, uh, Frankenstein's monster awakens and Frankenstein's, a, like, second later, like, oh shit, this was stupid.
0: This was a huge mistake. Yeah, bad,
2: yeah. bad move. And monster, like, almost immediately escapes into nowhere. And you don't see the monster mm-hmm. for another, like, 70, 80 pages. And there is yeah. so much drama that goes into that section, including... He- uh, Henry Victor, Victor- Frankenstein. Frankenstein's uh, younger brother gets murdered. They blame the maid. It's actually the monster. The maid is murdered because of the murder, and yeah. then the monster comes back.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is a lot more, yeah, drama going on with the family,
2: mm-hmm. and of which the only overlap I could see with the movie is killing a child.
0: Yeah, well.
2: That's, that's the only overlap we have. Because
0: when,
2: when we meet the monster, the monster tells its story because it's like very articulate.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the other thing that's so different about this is that so in Frank, in, in Frankenstein original movie, um, he doesn't talk at all, right? No. It's just the because I, I read somewhere that it was sort of controversial to have the monster Begin to speak in, in, the, Bride of in *Bright of Frankenstein*, and even to learn basic words. Yeah, and like Karloff was against it. Um, it turns because out because it had already. Well, which, which is funny because yeah, in the book he just learns to talk yeah. and read, and, and it's you know, not even just be like articulate. he learns
2: to. He's like he's waxing soliloquy about his like right. hard times, and all the hard times he waxes about, all are in *Bright of Frankenstein*. There, none of them are
1: mm-hmm.
2: in the actual *Frankenstein* movie, except maybe an overlap of a murder of a child, except. In the book, yeah. he does it purposefully because the kid's like you're hideous. And this one, the kid's just like throwing flower petals.
0: No, they're just they're just being friends. Yeah. They're just hanging out.
2: Um, but Fritz goes to the dungeon. Fritz gets murdered because Fritz is an ass. <laughs> um, and and the monster officially escapes. Um, mm-hmm. into goes into the flower scene, which
1: mm-hmm. I
2: don't know if either of you guys have seen this, but there's so many movie moments that I strongly relate to in, like, the mid-2000s, probably. Do you guys, you guys know the Bravo channel on cable?
0: So, yes. Oh, my one, God. Yes, no, do I we do. have this overlap? Yeah. The Except for I was watching it in my uh, college apartment. Oh, I, I was I watching in my parents' about, bedroom. <laughs> I assume you're talking about, like, the 100 greatest yeah. movie scares. So, Bravo
2: on the- oh, had right. two yeah, yeah, big about. movie yeah. marathons. They had Bravo's uh, scariest movie moments and Bravo's uh-huh. funniest movie moments. Both yeah. of which is how I was introduced to Frankenstein and Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. And I think well, Frankenstein so came in like 30th?
0: It's pretty high up yeah, there. And, it, and this, yeah, the this scene is, they
2: specifically yeah. pick is the flower scene.
0: Is the flower one. So, two quick notes on this. One, I too am pretty much a scaredy cat, and yet I watched all of these <laughs> these Bravo hundred scariest movement <laughs> specials. And in some ways, because it was airing on cable television, like they didn't show anything that was like super R rated gory because yeah. they couldn't. Um, but I still would like watch it and then kind of like hide behind my sofa when something <laughs> got too scary. Yeah. Um, also, shout out uh, other movie podcasts I listened to. This had Oscar buzz also brought this up this week. Oh, really? They were talking about, they were talking, that's why I was like, wow, it's in the air. I just, Uh, because I I saw
2: it as a kid, like, really Mm. formative kid, like, that's right when I wanted to be, like, a filmmaker. And, Mm -hmm. so I just really don't know how many people, like, overlap having watched this program.
0: I mean, I just was like, a, college kid who didn't do much i like didn't go out and party or anything and so i was at home watching bravo and movies on tv <laughs> um but they were talking about it on this Head oscar buzz in the context of david cronenberg movies mm. um many of which i will not watch yeah. because it's a good call disgusting um <laughs> but so, uh, yeah oh, so, so fun, i though. they are i know i i like some I I saw The Fly when I was very young, that is horrifying. Um, and <laughs> I will never watch it again. Um But I saw Scanners recently, like a year or two ago, and that was good. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. I think they show the so, head
2: blowing up on the show.
0: I'm I'm sure, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so that's I what too I was going to say. Is I I don't remember. First.
3: I remember watching um, these lists too, but I don't remember how much they were able to show, like.
0: Yeah. I think they showed the it, head explosion. A lot of uh, yeah, I mean for me the parts I really remember are the people talking about it. Yes. like mm-hmm. they would, it was And they was had right the most random
2: the- people on.
0: This was right in the heyday of, like, best, uh, I, I love, love the, the 80s, 80s best yeah. week yeah. ever. Like, yeah. And so this was right in the era of the talking head, like, just bring in people, show little clips, but mostly just have people talk about it. I have Michael and Ian so Black was crack, right,
3: crack, crack sarcastic line. jokes.
0: It, and... Yeah. It, and, like, exactly. I think Ozzy Osbourne
2: is on it as well, just because
0: oh, he's
2: weird and kind yeah. of. Creepy to some people, and
0: yeah, Guill- Guillermo del Toro is, is on a on couple of the different segments. Yeah, so um, when I, I would love to find those again.
2: When I was watching Mulholland Drive recently with my brother, I was like, "Oh, that that uh, creepy garbage man." That was one of Bravia's scariest yeah. movie moments. Yeah, I I'm like, pretty sure I, don't I remember saw that. that. I was first, like but... four.
0: Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, there's there's I'm the same way. Where a lot of times I'll watch something mm. like this, and then, but the so. Uh, we might as well talk about it here. We're at this scene. I don't know if you guys read about how the this scene for a long time was censored. Yes. So one of the interesting things about Frankenstein is that it's pre-code. And so it actually is kind of creepier and has some weirder elements than it would be if it was made actually 10 years creepy. later. Yeah. Um, and so what happened with this scene is that... A, Due to like local requests, and then eventually to make it code compliant, they cut the scene early so that you just see him like approaching the girl, and then the next thing you next time you see her, it's her dad carrying her dead body. Which to me, and the article I read, this was saying the same thing, is so much worse. Oh yeah, like it it would sound like the monster
2: straight up murder her, right? Like.
0: like, like for all we know, he broke every bone in her body. Like we don't yeah. know what happened. It's so much creepier just to be like he's approaching her and then she's dead. And so it's sadder but less upsetting, yeah. I think, when you see what happened, which is just yeah, he just doesn't know what he's doing. He's more of a more of a like Lenny of mice and men doesn't I was know say his a own prompt. strength. Yeah, I was gonna. say I mean, it is. Thing. It's Lenny. It's the thing. Yeah. yeah so
3: and when he throws her in, yeah, it's like. It's, it's not. F- it's not funny, but it's. Almost it's kind
0: of funny. funny. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's. It's borderline funny. It's, it's, I did. I did too, not like a, have
3: a humorous reaction I, at
0: all. I, I. I think it's like one it's of those just, sort of defensive funny things because it's so shocking. you're just like, oh god, like. <laughs> but it's also like it's just so surprising. I, I, okay,
2: I will say a, the editing she, cut of her saying like, "What should we do now?" and the monster's just kind of like huh, and then chucking her in.
0: And then whomp. But just, yeah. like,
2: having this poor girl drown and, like, the monster just being like, oh, no, I didn't mean to do that is... Right. Like, I got to really In the way they... Just like, oh.
3: <laughs> the way they do that same cut in Young Frankenstein where he just kind of smirks at the camera is hilarious. Yeah, um, they, they, right, they did that yeah. on
2: purpose. I, I'd have to Right, imagine. that's
0: yeah. played, yeah, yeah, very well. <laughs> but
3: I, it's just kind of funny to me because, like, she's a foot in the water and it's like a pond. How could you possibly have drowned? I know. Like, <laughs> what What are the configurations of this pond where you step right in and you immediately are at drowning depth?
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> that's, that's like
3: You, you asked the something tough questions like, on this pod, Nick. Yeah, something visually about it just seems like um, dissonant. So... It seems funny just because of that dissonance, but I mean, it is, it's still like a a child running. but, but that, like that being said, um, to your point, Jana, like if you don't Mm -hmm. see that, like you don't know what Mm -hmm. happened. Like, did he, did he chuck her all the way in? Did he hold her under? Like what did,
0: right. Yeah. What did he 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 actually do? Was it violent? Yeah.
3: Anything he could have done would have been worse than what we actually saw.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right yeah exactly which is one of those great ironies where they're like oh like we can't show this so just cut it out and it's like well no it's worse now <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you, no. made, you made it so much worse." it went
2: from like second degree manslaughter to like fir- first degree murder <laughs> right
0: yeah yeah raises too many questions
2: yeah um so after that um they have a run-in with dr walden uh who has been found strangled and Mm -hmm. uh henry also suspects a monster who then Mm -hmm. later shows up in elizabeth's room which not Mm -hmm. not not a comfortable scene either um now now to 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 kidnap poor elizabeth (laughs) yeah um yes and immediately and this is something nick pointed out in our group chat which was just (laughs) they go from like oh some minor circumstantial evidence to like let's straight up riot and murder this thing
0: it's it escalates really quickly. Yeah. It's a it's a real like this escalated quickly <laughs> situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's the the pitchforks Well, not actual pitchforks in this case, but yeah, the everyone's going to riot and start a whole like crusade like Gaston's, Rock like War in Monster. there
2: through the mist through the woods.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's that.
2: Yeah. yeah and um, the movie
3: is only like what 71 minutes long.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It zips. <laughs>
3: So I, think I mean this really now this
0: felt like half an hour were, long honestly yeah
3: yeah if you were to make this now i feel like the they would add a couple story beats of like the the townsfolk like discussing and doing all this plotting but i do kind of right. respect that they're just like not nah, like we all know where this part we all know where this train's going right. like let's <laughs> just get down yeah. yeah let's just let's just get going like we got to get to the <laughs> riot
2: But there's a literal scene in Young Frankenstein where the population gets together with Mr. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Handman police detective. And they literally discuss what we should do about the monster and whether or not we should riot.
0: So there you go. Young Frankenstein's like... That movie's a lot longer.
3: Yeah, it's like over 50% longer than either of these movies. (laughs) Is it really?
0: Yeah. It's almost two hours. It's almost two
3: hours, yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, but it does combine, you know, plot points from both. Yeah, and yeah.
2: It, it, all there's the a lot of bride in it, too. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down to um, Madeline Kahn.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the whole luck.
2: God, she's the best. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So they go find the monster and um, Henry gets separated from the group. Oh, no, that's never good. Um, no. And the monster confronts him, and they have a very rudimentary hand-on-hand combat.
0: Yes, <laughs> not not the most Which
2: sophisticated I, fight I know, like action ages, definitely almost exponentially over time. But that fight scene was just like oof. Although there was yeah. one part I noted where um, what's the guy that plays Henry? Uh, Colin Clive. Where Colin Clive yeah. um. Rolls over and he lands right on top of the torch that he was carrying. I was just like, "Oh no, call it
0: There were a couple of shots um, in this movie, but I and more in Bride too, because we're about to get to the end, big fire. Yes, um, where I assume I, that or I it looked like, and I also assumed that maybe they had layered in film of the fire over like the uh. film of where the people are. Where I'm like, I don't think those people. Are actually that close to the fire? I mean, maybe they were. It's quite possible. Not, not the film film set safety isn't that great even no. today, let alone 190 years ago. Um, but there was a couple that's shots where a, people when, kind of
2: that's when Mary Shelley was alive.
0: <laughs> not 190 years ago, but 90 years ago. But um, like, there were a couple of shots where like people were passing through the fire. That I was like, I think maybe they layered mm. like film over sense. film of fire and because. Yeah. Especially because on old film, like, fire.
2: filming the the windmill fire. That must have been a horrible yeah delight. So... Yeah. And a lot yeah. of that had and no big miniatures. it looks good. Yeah, so. it, it, it turns out pretty well. Um, yeah. But, so, yeah, they have the fight. Uh, they go through the windmill. The villagers board down the windmill. Henry escapes. And now... <clears throat> I want to get into Bride pretty quickly because... Mm-hmm. That's what Bride does, by the way.
0: It, yeah, it picks right up.
2: But I'm going to specifically mention... Henry is totally fine at the end of this movie. Like, he goes rushed into Elizabeth's arms. They do a smooch smooch. He's not even scarred. Not even a little bruised. He's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that that changes a little bit in the next movie. Do
0: you guys do you guys know? Did you read about why it changes? I, why? No. I,
2: I ran across it. Can you bring it up? I don't remember off the top yeah, of Yeah,
0: so Colin Clive, the actor who plays Henry. Oh, that's um, right yeah was a severe alcoholic bad. um who by the time like bride rolled around um had to often be held up um in his scenes cuz he couldn't stand on his own and mm. so i think that's why so much of the first chunk of that movie is him like in bed cuz i'm not sure he could get out of bed and there's some shots where you look at that guy's face and it's just like he looks bad oh he looks bad like he looks real bad and so i think it's unfortunate that i mean he died he died two years later he died in nineteen thirty five. so oh, he did not live yeah he he died he was only 37 years old he was wow. 30 so he's 35 in bride of frankenstein he looks awful and he bears basically cannot stand on his own and then he died so yeah sorry to bring that uh Bummer factoid, Thanks, but John. I because we did look at we, we we did look it up because it's very strange. I, I like in Bright of Frankenstein, where all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's not doing so good, and it's like, what happened to him? uh And he's not. I yeah. assumed not it was doing just...
2: so good in Bright. He's like dead. Yeah, <laughs> they're carrying yeah. yeah. like in... the sheet over his head. Yeah,
3: I assumed that they were just <laughs> retconning it because like. They, they change the ending. They change kind of his whole character becomes completely different. Yeah. So I just assume like, Oh yeah, we'll add some drama and we'll make him, yeah. uh, we'll make him almost out right. at the beginning. Which, and then he's, and then he's like sort does, of coming back I to life. Think,
0: you know. Right. Which, which I mean, I, they definitely wrote, like made it, you know, a retcon plot, but, um, and I, I will say it doesn't say specifically that that's why they did that. so I'm just sort of connecting the dots, um, it just talks about how he was often um, sleeping on set and they could have a hard on movie sets in general. And they had a hard time waking him up
1: oh, and so that hard. he was
0: often had to be held upright. Um, and like uh, they were almost had to like cut off his leg because he was having complications oh, from something or other. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunate uh, tragic end for for Colin Clive, mm-hmm. for our our buddy. Uh, Frankenstein here.
2: Um, another thing that that this goes along with, though, is the Frankenstein that is portrayed in Bride. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Frankenstein. Yeah. I always forget if it's which one's Frankenstein. Um, I know. The yeah. Frankenstein in Bride is so much more similar to the Frankenstein in the book. Because the Frankenstein yes. in the book, as soon as he makes that monster, the rest of the book, he's like depressed. Oh, no. He's
0: right. He's anxiety, so much more tortured. But, yeah. And literally,
2: just like in the beginning of Bride... There's multiple times in the book he gets bedridden with depression and fright. And mm-hmm. so it's like that. I never knew that it was because of no. Colin Clive's alcoholism instead of yeah. just trying to be a little bit more faithful to the novel.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, maybe they were trying to be more faithful to the movie also they like or to the book, I should say. They do incorporate, um, you know, like we talked about, a lot of other plot yeah. points that are more similar to the book. Um, but I, just, I, I always thought that
2: change was right. specifically to get closer to the book.
0: Yeah, I, I do not think that's the case.
1: <laughs> that's
2: sad. It could
0: have been. I, I, yeah, I, it could have just been a coincidence that those two things connected at the same time. But yeesh. Um, so, yeah. But like you said, they, they lean into it in other ways. Um, and although... We, we have to talk about a couple of the new characters that are introduced yes. for Bride be- for the sequel. So we've got a couple of real standouts. <laughs>
2: be- before we completely move on from the original Frankenstein, though, I do want to bring up probably one of the most insane casting what-ifs ever, which was Boris Karloff was never, ever, ever supposed to be the monster because the movie was specifically written for Bela Lugosi. And the idea that Bela Lugosi could have had Dracula and Frankenstein is just mm-hmm. wild to me. Yeah. And because yeah. he didn't get this, his career kind of didn't take off as much as he kind of wanted it to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this is where I put this in the notes, but this is where I do want to shout out that you must remember this podcast, the Bella and Bora- Bella and Boris miniseries that Katrina Longworth did on there that gets into the details of this exact time period and sort of the intersection of Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff's careers and sort of where they came from and how their career paths, like sort of intersected and then, you know, went in their own individual ways. It was mm-hmm. pretty, pretty interesting.
2: Um, and another interesting thing is, is in, uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, Bella Lugosi did end up playing Frankenstein's monster. Yes. Um, which is, it's, that's a, actually a really good movie too. I will just say, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that, especially mm-hmm. among the Universal Monster movies, but, um, definitely didn't take off like the actual Frankenstein did.
0: No. Um, one factoid about that movie, which I have never seen, but I have read about this factoid many times because I find it fascinating which is that it's in Frankenstein versus the Wolfman, where uh, Bella Lugosi's playing the character, Mm -hmm. where there was like an issue with his makeup that made it so that he couldn't see, and he had to stick his hands out in front of him while he walked, which is where we get the (laughs) idea of a Frankenstein. Like the cartoon that you think of a Frankenstein with his Mm -hmm. hands out in front of him is just because it was something (laughs) Bella Lugosi had to do because he couldn't see while he was walking so that he wouldn't run into anything. great. Uh, Which is great. I I love when something like that impacts pop culture forever like so like a little kid thinks of Frankenstein they think of him walking with his hands out in front um, which is really only in that one movie so
2: I don't know if this was the only time that they ever overlapped but both Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff were in a movie together which was also on Bravo's most scary movie moments ever which is the black cat where Bela Lugosi skins Boris Karloff alive in a 1934 movie on screen kind of it it cuts to just them in shadow, but it's got like Bella Lugosi just scraping skin off
0: them. Uh, <laughs> gross. Yeah, Hanging pre- or some skinny. of the
3: pre code movies are wild. Oh, yes,
0: yeah, right. They really are. Um, so I. Quick, incredible, tiny tangent. Um, so I watched the movie Birds of Prey this weekend. Mm. Fun movie, mm-hmm. good movie, very good. Um, has more on-screen people's skin be- being peeled off than I had been warned about yeah. that it would have. Quite so. a, you uh, thought
3: there would, you <laughs> really? thought there would be some.
0: <laughs> I thought just. there'd be some, but I was surprised at how I much. Bird no, of I pre- just really? I. I literally had no idea. I'm just like, oh, this is like a fun romp. And then uh, people's faces get peeled off basically on screen.
2: Family's faces get peeled off on
0: screen. exactly. Parents and children. Um,
2: And Belagosi did it it
0: to Boris Karloff. But it is funny that, like, yeah, that was happening in the 30s. uh, And they showed as much as they could as technology probably allowed. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Um, Sorry, very quickly, we're going to transition back into, I just um, want (laughs) to confirm my own fact that I didn't make this entirely up. Um, uh, James Whale did say that there was pressure on him to recast uh, Conclive mm-hmm. because of his mm-hmm. health issues, but said that the reason he did not is because how well <laughs> his uh, his sort of like look and vibe would play into the story they wanted to tell. Which doesn't sound
2: great. Yeah.
0: It doesn't sound great, um, but so it kind of is both. They were like, "We want to tell the more like accurate Dr. Frankenstein story," and they were like, "How convenient we have." I mean, an you're, actor you're already recasting really like
2: two other roles, I think, in the movie, the, uh, and yes. Elizabeth major way.
0: Ma- yes, from,
2: yeah, from blonde to brunette. It's not even like Maggie. It's not even like Katie Holmes or Maggie Gyllenhaal, which is just, like, <laughs> oh, this is not the same person. But it's like right. this really isn't the same person.
0: They said that they recast her. Uh, they recast the original Elizabeth. Um, yes. Because of like her ill health. Yes. But she so, lived. She lived into the nineties. Yeah. So like I, I, couldn't I don't. Find she, out she got what better. Whatever she had. Hel-
2: I couldn't find out what the ill health was. But I, I just
0: wonder if like she got pregnant or something, and it was like ill health. God, if they if know? they
2: label pregnancy as ill health and use alcoholism I mean, to like their benefit.
0: And the thirties kind of sucked because there's just like on her personal life, there's nothing about nope. her ever like having any illness or Not anything. Not that I saw. So, yeah, um, interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Anyway,
0: um, oh, also very quickly, um, we didn't as we transitioned from one movie to the other. Uh, the speaking of the credits, it the way that uh, the monster is credited in Frankenstein, oh, yes. where it's just like the monster. <laughs> <laughs> dot 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 Yeah, Question and mark, then sure. but then by the time it gets to the sequel, it's you know Karloff's name in uh, big old letters. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they,
2: they <laughs> 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 and they do those like little right. whoom zooms. Yeah. Anyway, Indeed. on a stormy night. Mm-hmm. We have Lord Byron, we have PBS, and we have Mary Shelley.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Mary Shelley played by the ever-luminous Elsa Lancaster, which, do you guys know who Elsa Lancaster... Incredible. Do you guys know who she was married to?
0: No.
3: Mr. Lancaster.
0: I was going to make a Burt Lancaster (laughs) joke, but it's not even spelled the same way, so...
2: I, like... If we're we're saying Mrs. Percy Shelley, we might as well call Charles Lawton Mr. Lancaster, honestly.
0: Oh! Oh, She
2: was married to Charles
0: Lawton. I know.
2: (laughs) Which... Nothing against Charles hustle. Lawton. He is an incredible fucking actor. He is a weird looking dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> not that's a negative. It's just I've always thought that dude was kind of weird looking. But yeah, Elsa Lancaster. But
3: you know what? When you when you make the Knight of the Hunter, you can you can look however you yep. want.
2: Oh my god, he is so
3: good. You're right. You're right in your own ticket. Uh, that is that is going to be a a very fun movie to talk about in a few months.
1: Mhm.
2: And it sounds like they actually um met when they during the production of The Private Life of Henry VIII, 8th in which Charles Lawton is the titular mm-hmm. role. And um she plays Anne of Cleves.
0: Yeah, they're also both in Witness for the Prosecution, yep. a movie which I love very much. So fun.
2: So it's, I when I just opened up Elsa Lancaster's uh Page on Wikipedia, like a few hours before recording, just to like go through some stuff. I was like, Charles Lutton, and not just like a Hollywood marriage from 1929 to his death in
0: 1962. Like, yeah, yeah,
2: how a couple. Well I know this rocks.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, so it starts off with Elsa Lancaster's Mary Shelley uh, waxing about how much her own story terrifies her, which mm-hmm. I kind of love that detail. I don't know. Yeah. I, I believe that's a true detail. That uh,
0: I I think there's some quote attributed to her yeah. along those lines. Yeah.
2: I I don't know like the validity of it, but it's it's a good quote and it's a good story.
0: It may it's it's semi apocryphal. I think like I don't know if it's ever been validated, yeah. but it is a good good quote.
2: Um, fun fact, little personal note: I saw this movie probably when I was ten, and I don't know how I convinced myself of this, but for years i thought that was actually mary shelley playing herself
0: i mean i (laughs) that's one adorable um but two i mean i can see how if you're like a kid you're just like oh yeah that's the author just telling us about her first story
3: yeah i guess i mean they they like say that's her name and they have you know if if she was alive when they made it that would have been a very cool thing to do like we it, it right would have, yeah, we, but like, she was very, very meta dead and hip because
0: you know. <laughs> it was fully 115 years she later. She was yeah. definitely
2: the like a skeleton in the original Frankenstein <laughs> graveyard by the time.
0: Yes, yeah, that was that was her cameo. <laughs> it, the...
2: it wasn't even Baron von Frankenstein's like half mingled corpse in young Frankenstein grabbing a stupid box. No, she oh, she God. was very dead because the book was yeah. written in 1818 and <laughs> this movie came out in 1930. 35 five. My bride yeah that's right um i know it's set in 31 because that's when the first one came out so
1: mm-hmm.
2: period yeah piece, that is the mark?
0: other thing that's interesting that i it sort of took me a second to catch on that the you know the book is written yeah in 1818 um but the movies are very much set like when the movies yes. are taking place um you know there's the prevalence of electricity all over the place <laughs> like is uh, one of the sparks.
2: And, and in the book, it's yeah. just like... In the book, specifically, Frankenstein's actually a chemist. And so it, mm-hmm. he, it has more to do with him, like, figuring out a concoction that can, like, restart. He discovers,
0: like, a new chemical element yeah. that he, lets he, him create life. It's he he not does, like, full Iron Man 2, which is just... <laughs> yeah.
2: Anyway. um, So that, that sets up kind of, like... The, the setting of the uh, further story because
0: yeah they they I can't remember like does she are they are they, just, did they encourage her to like start a sequel or how would a sequel go or what would the, what would happen yeah. next or something like that yeah, yeah
2: and, and so it's almost like on the fly Mary Shelley has to be like oh Frankenstein's dead now but then he kind of is't
0: uh, but what <laughs> if he wasn't yeah
3: well doesn't she anyway. say that... The, the, like, this is the way she wanted the story to go?
0: Yes. yes. Yeah, I believe so. Because
2: this is uh, the actual story. Or right. much, much closer, even though it's still not very close. Yeah. Um, so, the actual plot starts off at the burned uh, windmill. Um, mm-hmm. Henry is dead. Or I don't even know if they specifically say he's dead, but they put a cloth over his face, so it implies that he is dead. not doing. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all the villagers leave to go home, and they're all like woo, except for the little girl's parents that uh, had to carry her lifeless body at the in the original, mm-hmm. um, and they decide to stick around and uh, be like, we have to make sure he's dead, right. Um, they, got,
0: they they're smarter than your average characters in a horror movie who, you know, don't wait to see the body to make sure the bad guys died. Like they mm-hmm. want to see Are the they body. smarter cuz the dude falls
2: but, down a shaft
0: into well, the water no. he monster then monster. Does, he, he then does climb onto the burned out <laughs> shell of the mill and then They're only things smarter. that were Speaking of things that were kind of funny, I did kind of laugh at how quickly he just goes whoop and just like <laughs> drops straight down. Like he just he's, he's like I'm gonna check this out over here, and then yeah, drops down very quickly.
2: I forgot to mention something something extremely important. Our MVP of the movie,
0: yes, absolutely, as Nick shakes, <laughs> <laughs> the greatest character ever committed to film.
2: Uh, basically, Cloris Leachman.
0: I mean, that's actually, yeah. (laughs) Cloris
2: Leachman was toning some stuff down. Yeah. (laughs) It's so crazy, because in Young Frankenstein, like, Cloris Leachman plays it so much straighter, she's still ridiculous, but so much straighter than her counterpart in Bright of Frankenstein.
0: here's what's funny. It, so, it never, so, for this time, I watched Bright of Frankenstein, and then rewatched Young Frankenstein afterward, and so, watching Bright of Frankenstein, it didn't even occur to me that this was in any way connected oh. to, like, Frappular or anything like that. And then I watched Young Frankenstein and I noticed the styling was so similar. It wasn't until I re put Young Frankenstein back on and saw how she was styled that I'm like, oh, this is a reference. I just had no idea because our good friend, um, best character in the movie Nick's all time favorite movie character. <laughs> oh my God. It was it's surreal know, this woman's performance you, it's like i know you guys are just trolling art.
3: me but i but i don't appreciate it it's... you're
0: actually <laughs> like angry okay then so i
3: i, I thought... i'm
0: only partly i'm only partly trolling you i was being i couldn't remember i you thought guys she's the blast of yeah, so you guys had sort of been talking about it about how Dylan liked a character and Nick didn't, <laughs> and I hadn't really remembered. And so when I sat down to watch this, and I was like, "This lady rules!" <laughs> um, I was being sincere.
2: Nick, I think I need to specifically ask you, what is wrong with your hatred for <laughs> Minnie? There's, I, There's- I, I wrong have- with I my hatred. Her it's, it's,
3: it's perfectly, it's perfectly it's placed. Pure.
2: I um, I, I, so I want you to understand the I want to understand your placement a bit at least that you that you just don't like fun I guess because
3: no it's just a hor- it's a horrible performance it's it's Madness. I wish I had a time machine and I would go back and stop the Lumieres from ever <laughs> inventing
0: film. <laughs> you did describe I- this. You did describe this as your, like, least favorite thing in any movie ever, I think, is how you described it. Or, like, your least favorite element of cinema uh, or something.
3: It, it really might be. I mean, she makes... She makes Jack Lemon in the apartment look like the way other people see Jack Lemon in the apartment. Mm. Like, by comparison.
2: <laughs> she is in uh, a uh, blo- just, the. The actress is Una O'Connor and she is in a ton of movies. Yeah. She's also in Invisible Man. Oscar mm-hmm. Award winning Cavalcade, which is a bad movie. God. It's really,
0: really bad. I've never seen Cavalcade.
2: Um, also The Adventures of Robin Hood, and along with Charles Lawton and Elsa Lancaster, witness of the prosecution.
0: Man.
3: Hmm. Wait, what I she's in there. the adventures of she's in the adventures of what? Uh Robin Hood. Oh, I thought you put the emphasis on hood and I was like wait, do you say Robin Hood weird? Uh, <laughs> Anyways. Not important. Robin hood. Not, not hood. important. Um No, I, I I I find her uh just wildly um grating. Like not a single choice she makes do I, like, even the way she like walks. I'm just like why why are you doing oh, it? She that walks
0: way? <laughs> so good.
3: Um, it's a choice.
0: So it's definitely a choice.
3: It's it's only a choice. My uh my other podcast actually reviewed this movie about a year ago. I think we did it around Halloween last year. Um and I hated her then and when we put it on last week to watch um as soon as she came up I was like, "Oh god." Like I I completely like purged her from my memory and as soon as I saw it it was just all these memories flooding back and I'm like, "This this fucking performance like oh my god i it's i have like a visceral reaction to it it, it i don't know i i do not like it even a little
0: i mean so if, if anyone is listening to us talk about this movie and has not watched it um just to provide a little bit of context here um she plays her character's name is Minnie, right yeah said. i had to look that um, up real quick and it is it, she's like a little old lady type um, who is just incredibly loud and um, theatrical and, and she, um, she goes big at every opportunity.
2: I think she's Scottish.
0: Uh, she's Irish like,
2: oh, I think
3: she's Irish.
0: Yeah, Irish O'Connor. No, yeah. I can never tell yeah. Irish from Scottish accents. her her b- b- born Agnes Teresa Mcglade. Um, oh, that's so, an Irish name. Yeah, and then I don't know wh- why became Una O'Connor, uh, mm. but yes. By the way, um, in twenty in twenty twenty, which is this year, she was listed at number nineteen on the Irish Times list of Ireland's greatest film actors. Whoa,
2: our girl <laughs> for the win! Who
3: was who was who else was on that list? Just out of curiosity, <laughs> is it all uh, all the other eighteen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all um, other 18 irish
3: actors. That's, that's
0: there are only 19 weird. irish actors apparently um, okay maria doyle kennedy who i'm a huge fan of is all the way down at 46 come on irish times oh okay number one's maureen o'hara Ugh. okay Num- i was gonna guess two, if,
2: two- n- if number is where's brendan gleason
0: well number two is daniel day lewis
1: Daniel Day Lewis
2: didn't even get first in his own country.
0: No, no, Marino is like more iconically Irish though. No, that that is like like no, no one actually
2: knows what the heck Daniel Day Lewis's actual voice sounds like.
0: Uh, I thought he was Welsh. (laughs) Well, so what's so funny is that that after number two, Daniel Day Lewis, the first thing they say is yes, he has the passport. So they're like, (laughs) we are claiming him as Irish. Okay, okay. that's fair.
3: So they can't put him at number Uh, one.
0: Right. Number Mm. three is Richard Harris.
2: Oh, that's a good call.
0: Then Peter O'Toole.
2: Oh, how is he not one?
0: Then Colin Farrell. Yeah, my boy. I've
2: I've expected Brendan. We got a real impression.
0: I'm going to keep going until I get to Brendan Gleeson. But next is our girl, Saoirse Ronan. Uh, Saoirse Ronan, number six.
3: She'll be number one by 2030.
0: Exactly. When they do this list in 20. Yeah, exactly. Um, Number seven, Liam Neeson.
2: Oh, that's true.
0: Um, Number eight, Maureen O'Sullivan, Hmm. um, who plays Jane in the old uh, Johnny Weissmiller Tarzan movies.
3: Oh, (laughs) are Really uh, bad.
0: Yeah. And is also in like Marx Brothers movies. uh, Hmm. So she was an older actress. Michael Fassbender is number nine. That's a good one. Ruth Negga is number 10. Okay. I'm starting to worry about Brendan Gleeson here. I'm going to have to control F him because we're, we're at Killian Murphy at number 12. Um, oh, there he is. He, there he is. Sorry, uh, I spelled Gleason wrong. I spelled Gleason wrong. It's with two I, E's, not an E and an A. Oh, I would have gotten to him immediately. Now. He's number 18. Okay. They got Brendan. So one spot ahead of Una O'Connor, who came in at 19. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so thankfully, Brendan Gleason beat her out. But you know who's number 20? Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> who plays Frankenstein. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, Donal Gleeson's twenty-one, Finola Flanagan twenty-three. Colmini. Nick, you just have
2: to accept that all these people just do not match up to many.
0: They Barry think Keegan. that who i is i love is number 27 um that's uh, georgie from dunkirk and also the bad guy in killing of a sacred deer the, yeah. the, the
3: weirdest <laughs> kid possible the kid who oh eats spaghetti in the most evil way possible in killing
0: Shit. of a sacred deer <laughs> in a movie full of upsetting things that's the most upsetting thing right that, is yeah, how he eats the spaghetti so many. Killing it's killing like how but it's but like in get
3: out how the creepiest thing is how she eats uh cereal with the fruit like, loops the, cere- yeah. <laughs> the fruit loops separate from the milk
0: God. Michael Gambon, 28. This, I could really... Uh, What's Mike- Michael Gambon doing at 28? Kieran Hines, 31. Rude. Uh, That's Rude right. to Kieran Hines. Yeah, honestly. Anyway. Okay, well, do you at, think at, Una at least, O'Connor um,
3: is better than Kenneth Branagh? Are they serious?
0: <laughs> yes, yes, they do.
2: Have you seen... Because like, um, I, I watched some stuff about from Kenneth Branagh's uh, Frankenstein performance... They are not mm-hmm. wrong. That is atrocious. That is.
0: I will. I will. Yeah, say, but her, her, her list, performance
3: in this is atrocious, but she didn't do they, Henry no. V. <laughs> no.
0: They cite. I oh, will say that really the star turn they call out for her is her role in The Invisible Man. They do not mm-hmm. call. They, I mean, they say she's in Bride of Frankenstein, but they say she's known for her role uh, in The Invisible okay. Man, which I have I mean, to maybe also but, James Maybe Wale.
3: she Maybe she nails mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe. Maybe. I mean, if you if
2: you don't think she nails Minnie, I just I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, <laughs> after another twenty minute diversion,
0: yes, get yeah, back to on the, the the matter
2: of hand, which is uh, Hans falls down the well. Kind sure of sure does. Uh, very creepy shot of the monster peeking its head around the corner, just mm-hmm. drenched wet. Mm-hmm. That was a little creepy. Um, yeah. Again, I think the 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 monster's entrance in both movies are about as creepy as each of the movies gets.
0: Yeah,
3: I, I think this movie is much creepier than um, the. First. On the whole, yes,
0: yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I this only this movie has Doctor Septimus Pretorius, uh, which <laughs> yeah. automatically ups the creep factor. No, uh, yeah, he's a great, theory, Let me just
2: let me opinion. just let me foil. just get this straight, Nick. <laughs> yeah, you are not okay with Minnie, you <laughs> but I are am okay, okay with Pretorius. With this is blast oh, yeah. Absolutely, no heroes. But how much different is he than Minnie? And he's like a more important character than Minnie.
3: He's nobody is. I've never seen a character uh, as over the top as Minnie.
0: Yeah. I, I will or say, Petorius. even as a even as a mini defender, um, you know, and this isn't really her fault; it, it's society's. Um, but I feel like her yeah. screechiness is like that. That's that I can see that being a a problem where it's just like, oh, um, whereas <laughs> you know? whereas Pretorius is much more over the top in a sort of what I think of as like a traditional like, not like scary movie, but just sort of more of a traditional like you know, I don't know, creepy way. Well, yeah, (laughs) which we will definitely get into. We'll get into it. We'll get into it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, there is an issue with Pretorius that I guess we'll have to talk about once we get to him.
0: Yeah. But
2: also, again, how much of the death of the author plays into this? Because, you know, James Wells was gay Mm -hmm. and very openly, which is surprising Mm -hmm. for the 30s. And it's how much... He decided to portray himself in sort of the well, stuff that goes on.
0: And um, uh, the the actor who played Pretorius also, uh, allegedly, was oh, really? bisexual, if not mm. gay. Yeah. Interesting. So there was, yeah, well, there was, you know, hard to know what the, the thinking was behind the scenes there.
2: I don't know yeah. what relation came first, but the actor slash character of Pretorius really reminds me of Ian McKellen just going all in. Like, I get in. some real Ian McKellen vibes from it, mm-hmm. and Ian McKellen played James, James Whale in the Gods and Monsters um, mm-hmm. movie, hmm. which is a biopic about James Whale himself. But yeah, I yeah, can't really see Dr. Strange without learned... thinking of Ian McKellen.
0: Which is something, this is very embarrassing, that I learned or figured out. Um, I knew Gods and Monsters, and I knew that Ian McKellen played, like, an aging gay director. Um, and that's as much as I knew oh, about fuck. it. And then, and so then, in this movie, when he, like, does the toast and, and says, God, you know, to Gods and Monsters. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's where that comes from. <laughs> Literally learned that, like, two days ago.
2: Which is a great fucking line. That line is put, awesome.
0: It, yeah, just put, putting it all together.
2: Uh, Hans falls down Monster totally drowns that dude Monster comes crawling up And Hans's hu- wife Who they do not have listed as a character's name Or it's not a named character Typical mm-hmm. um, Reaches down to grab her husband's hand For some reason does not look down the hole To see it's like a terrifying monster monster But yeah. uh It's a terrifying monster monster Just chucks her down And it's like ragdoll <laughs> Yeah like, it hits the stairs, it hits the concrete, it hits the next bit of concrete. Then it hits the water. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Which,
2: uh, ew.
0: Yeah, the, the body count in this one, like, starts a lot sooner, yeah. where people just, uh, start biting it very quickly.
2: Yeah, she gets yeeted right down that thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway. Indeed. Uh, then we go back to the- ca- Oh, Monster comes up, scares Minnie, she goes full. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> She does. <laughs> Nick's just shaking his head violently.
3: See, I think if you switch her and Cloris Leachman entirely in this and Young Frankenstein, I might be more forgiving of it. But it's such yeah, like yeah, a... Yeah, it would,
2: it's, it would so, still be so a more ridiculous a, character.
0: Yeah, and if, but you're saying if she was in a comedy, maybe the performance would work for you. Yeah,
3: like maybe I would find it funny. Um, But that it's supposed oh, to be in like this like pretty serious
2: it's a pretty darkly cr- funny movie though mm-hmm.
3: but it doesn't fit with the tone of any of the rest of the movie
2: actually i it, it i will say there's a uh, there's a thing we're going to get to later that is even more ridiculous than mini and i think it fits the tone there <laughs> but anyway um I mini mean, gets scared off they go home uh, elizabeth nurses the dead henry back to health seemingly out of nowhere um very s- does still looks disheveled though, um, and suddenly Doctor Septimus Pretorius, which mm-hmm. great name, eighty great name,
0: one of the best, one of yeah. the best, <laughs>
2: um, shows up full Fabucher style, which I'm, I'm pretty sure when he knocks, there's a <laughs>
0: like a yeah, <scary-out.
2: laughs> um, and with. Uh, some strong convincing gets frankenstein to go to his lab frankenstein yeah. should not be getting out of bed at that point but no. anyway um and he's like i have created life too and
0: he sure has
2: <laughs> i always forget about this part when i watch this movie it's a I- I don't think you and I I keep trying to start describing it. And then we just stopped at the chest.
0: Okay. So I did not know this was coming. um, (laughs) So that was something. um, But basically he says, I have created life. Look at these little people that I have in jars. Um, (laughs) And he takes out, I guess they're called homunculi. Thank you. Homunculi. Which Um, it sounds like
2: it's going to be some sort of mollusk.
0: Right. Or I was like some sort of like spidery thing. I don't oh, yeah. know. Um, and no, they are fully formed little people who um, in some little, cases look... Little, little people. Little, little people. Barbie doll size people. Yep. Um, Kept in glass uh, jars. King, kings and queens and ballerinas <laughs> and a devil that is very cool looking. Um, and I will say uh, maybe... I've watched a decent number of films from this era, not a ton. Um, So I don't know if maybe my expectations are just kind of whacked, but like, I was very impressed. Like, I was like, this looks really cool to have these little people. It looks very... They do have the double exposure
2: when the king escapes and he's like trying to climb over that like... Yes,
0: once it gets into like like, a little miniature person action sequence, it doesn't hold up quite as well. But just when there's like... When he's unveiling them, and then there's a shot where it pulls back, and you just sort of see them all like on the table, and the ballerinas dancing, and the king is like has his throne, and I was super impressed.
3: Mm-hmm. It's my favorite part of the movie. I I think it's I think, it's, I think it's the best part. Yeah, I love this part because it, it's it's insane. Uh, yeah, it's so weird, but it's such a fun use of these. Like,
2: it is fun. I love l- it. L-
3: yeah. like you were saying, the special effects. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, they don't hold up perfectly, but the the the, w- the ways in which they don't hold up are very charming. Still, the way like a Ray yes. Harryhausen or something like that is
0: yes, exactly.
3: Like, I wish it's, we had it's, a Ray Harryhausen
2: movie to talk about. Yeah. I was literally thinking about that yesterday. It was like, I want to watch a Ray Harryhausen movie with Nick and Channel. Yeah, <laughs> those are yeah. fun.
3: <laughs> like it's not done. It's not done in a way that looks perfect now, but um, it still looks cool. And like looking at it now with from a lens uh you know 90 years later um it Mm -hmm. feels like a stylistic choice almost um right so i think it's so fun it's so weird like this guy just has these little creatures that he created and then (laughs) they never come up like wine
2: bottles almost and he covers them (laughs) with like this fancy like
0: I have cloth. many questions. Like, I, I would watch a whole movie about this, and like, how does he feed yeah. them, and how do they live, and like, <laughs> what happens
2: to them after Pretorius dies?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Can it's escape you, and uh, have a little society?
2: Like, band all our savings accounts together and make a sequel to *Bright of Frankenstein* about these people escaping <laughs> after Pretorius dies.
0: It, it just like just the horny me. little king. Yes! Oh my god, the whole yeah. King. I mean, it, it is. He's like a, he's a little Henry VIII, right? Basically, like he's just they, a little, They make him yeah. look
2: a lot like Henry VIII. Eighth. Yeah.
0: He's just a little Henry VIII.
2: Um <laughs> I think there's a lot of overlap between so we have a queen, a king, an archbishop, a devil, a ballerina and a mermaid, which mm-hmm. has I don't think there's a one-to-one relation, but there are relations to the characters in the movie like the oh. king pining after a queen Making the Bride of Frankenstein, uh, who is there's the Archbishop who is too bored to ever do anything, and the Devil who is always scheming, which uh, kind of a Frankenstein Pretorius vibe, and um, who is the actual sure. Devil, uh, Mermaid which is a monster, the Ballerina which is that that's a direct one to Elizabeth basically, yeah. But there's all the, there's this like it's a really dumb scene and a very fun dumb scene but i think there is a thematic overlap to the actual movie which Mm -hmm. just makes the scene even better um god i love this movie like (laughs) i i I kind of went into watching this like i feel really stupid that i picked billy wilder and i still feel a little or i didn't pick billy wilder in our director's podcast i still feel Mm -hmm. a little stupid about doing that but james will is awesome I fucking love this
0: movie, <laughs> I, I will say, this definitely makes me want to watch his other movies. like old not Dark House having, is fun. Yeah, like, the never Invisible having awesome. really thought I would bother. Like, I, I very much now, like, especially for me, um, Invisible Man, I want to check out. And I hadn't heard of the the old Dark House, but um, I guess I've seen Showboat. But, um, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. I yeah, I was that's just James impressed. Whale. <laughs> uh, well, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, but that's (laughs) not like the
2: traditional James Wells style.
0: No, no, that's, it's, yeah, not, not representative. Um, But yeah, I'm super impressed. Um, So yes, after they look at the the little tiny people, that's when Pretorius is like, you know what, monster? He needs a wife. He can't be alone. He needs needs a lady in his life.
2: Somehow this psychopathic mad scientist is the (laughs) only one that's actually thinking about the monster's well-being. We yeah, need someone. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, he just, he shouldn't be alone. We all he we all need companionship. Yeah, no. <sighs> um, but they do decide to make him a mate, as I think they describe it. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> Which, part of so part
3: of like the the queer reading of this is that um, mm-hmm. Pretorius wants to basically, like, he wants to create life with Mm -hmm. Frankenstein Um, which I think is an interesting reading the problem is that um, he's also like the villain so it gets into the the, like that kind of devious almost like like we talked about with Bonnie last time which is
2: Bonnie was supposed to be bisexual and they were like oh do we want to with set Clyde? Yeah. Murders? Right. Oh. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, with Clyde. But yeah, same. But no, kind of the same thing. It's like what they, you know, thirty years later, actually were like, mm, maybe we should not do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interestingly,
2: um, This was a film that I watched in film school.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, not film school. Film class in high school. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, one of the things we talked about was the fact that the director James Whale well, was gay, um, mm-hmm. and. So we we always had to write a, like a very very short, um, almost pressy slash review of the movies we would watch, and I wrote a f- an essay about the queer theory of the movie. I had nothing about uh, Pretorius being gay. My my reading of the queer theory of this movie was um, the fact that it's like these this monster can't find a mate in life, and so. It's kind of an outcast, which is how a lot of um, gay and queer people were at that time. And at the end, I felt really uncomfortable with the fact that that's how I was seeing it through that prism. And in the end, the monster literally itself decides it has to die. which Which made me uncomfortable as I was writing it. And my final argument was the queer theory holds up because this is... Instead of, like... I must, you know, kill this side of me. It's just, it Mm -hmm. stayed in the closet because society won't accept me. Um, I was probably the best, that's the only essay I remember that I wrote. (laughs) I I remember I did, like, a triple essay on Citizen Kane, too. Like, I wrote Mm. way too much than I needed to. Went way over the word count, which is, I think, reasonable. But, so... When people talk about the sort of queer theory behind the pretorius and the henry stuff that's not really what comes to mind personally for me
0: yeah i hadn't i mean i it wasn't until i read about it afterwards that i saw that interpretation about like well they're sort of you know they're like a same-sex couple who is having a kid together by creating this life um it's like well kind of in a in a literal sense um but but i it also does though kind of play and and some of the stuff I've been reading about it too basically it's just like well it's also just camp like it's also yeah, just it really this guy it's just, it's just camp and so and, in that and way J- and it's James Whale like well later eyes.
2: said like oh this had nothing to do with being
0: camp." right <laughs> <laughs> this, is just, this is just how I'm telling a story yeah but um,
2: it, it, it has interesting overlaps that like he may have had there that you know like our personal subconscious can fall into our art yeah. or you know yeah. the author. But
0: to, to use a real hack um, reference, uh, Pretorius kind of has like a scar type energy of like oh, this sort yes. of very like, you know, skinny and over the top kind of dramatic implied gay. He's very villain. much. Yeah.
2: Um, anyway, so the movie around halfway through almost switches entirely away from Frankenstein himself and it really becomes a movie about the monster which is not something that the first one did and um, this also kind of coincides within the book Um, at one point Mopey Mopey Frankenstein decides he must climb these mountains and segregate himself into the womb of the peaks and he finds this cave where he like angstily has to stay in and the monster actually finds him there and he's like Before you judge me, I must tell you my story. And so then halfway through the book, the book for maybe three or four chapters becomes like the entire monster's tale of what has happened
0: since Frankenstein created him. my side of the story.
2: And a lot of this kind of overlaps into what happens here. Mm -hmm. Which, uh... He saves a person from drowning. He gets shot. Um he encounters a gypsy family and a blind person and mm-hmm. basically all that stuff is in the book and each time the person is like oh you're hideous even though you're not hurting anyone
0: <laughs> right but the but the blind guy is but not the repulsed blind by guy. him ultimately that's uh, who he can mm-hmm. sort of bond with because yes. he's not rejected yeah the,
2: the 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 ideas of prejudice kind of fall apart mm-hmm. um in this part of the story um, in both the movie and in the book, which mm-hmm. again, I want to talk about something with the book and the scene which is uh, maybe the prejudice that the monster has falls apart, but uh, Mary Shelley had some religious prejudices I think a little bit because in this part they, the son of the blind person meets a Turkish woman and they get married and because they helped the Turkish dad escape from prison. It's really convoluted, but um, yeah. in the end, the Turkish dad's like, "Even though you helped me, how dare you? I cannot let my daughter marry a Christian man." And the daughter's like, "But oh, daddy," and then runs away with the Christian man and abandons her Turkish, like life yeah. and her Muslim faith to be with the Christian, because. He's good. It's,
0: yeah, it's unfortunately, like, yeah, it's, it's not impossible, but it's unfortunately rare to be able to make it through a book that was written then and not encounter at least one of these sort of, like, weirdly moralizing and simultaneously racist and prejudiced, like, (laughs) Like, for a, for a plot point that just really does not need to be in nope, the story. No, not at all. all. Let's just, yeah, throw that in they, there.
2: They already got the whole thing with the 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 hermits, uh, the blind hermit, and the uh, family that finally see him, just like in uh, Bride of Frankenstein, and they immediately are just like, we must kill him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, But yeah, kind of weird that they're having this big overarching scene in the book about prejudice, and it's so... Super
0: Prejudice Yeah well <laughs> I do happen. think
2: this is kind This scene between um, the monster And the hermit are kind of the Crux of the movie mm-hmm. um, So I'm curious just Specifically how you guys React to this scene
3: I, I think it's probably the second best Scene to the weird little Homunculi <laughs> um, It would be my favorite It would be my favorite if it had Homunculi in it Yeah <laughs>
0: That's the only thing that could improve it is if the little ballerina hopped up on the table and started dancing. Like but they
2: pour the soup and the the, the the king is like swinging from yeah.
0: it.
3: I mean it's it's a tough it's a tough battle to have to fight against homunculi for best scene, yeah. but um, yeah. I mean I think this does a very good job of being a, a, a runner up to the homunculi mm-hmm. scene because I mm-hmm. mean this scene is this scene is great. Like you said, it's. Kind of the the crux of the movie in a nutshell, and then um, I th- is this the first scene where he's the monster starts to talk?
0: Yes, yeah. Because
3: mm-hmm. this is
2: okay. the first time he can get close to literally any human to be able to actually. Yeah, start yeah. How Someone, to do
3: someone's him. actually like <laughs> paying attention to him and caring for him, and he like. There's a really. talking talk about him. it like but yeah. when he gets captured. Um, oh, the I did first time. That, yeah. Well, whatever he gets captured and he escapes Um, when he gets captured the first time there's like some yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) immediately he escapes immediately which I also appreciate that you know he's going to escape let's not beat around the bush let's just have him escape Um, but when he gets captured in the woods there's a lot of like Christ imagery with his pose
0: yes yes yeah fully like yeah
3: in the guy it's,
2: it's it's interesting this Christ story is not a life to death to life it's a death to life to death
3: Hermit gives him bread and something to drink, which seems very mm-hmm. like com- communion-ish. Which I don't really know exactly yes. how that metaphor is adding, but I, I still kind of like it. I mean, I think it's it adds nice mm-hmm. color to the scene. Well, and it's just it's a very important
2: part of the Bible where Jesus cures the blind man's sight. Mm-hmm. And so, in this case, instead of curing the blind man's sight, the blind man is able to like help. This Christ-like figure in this like, story, to talk. because he is blind. I, I didn't. I well, didn't know that about the Bible. I, w- I didn't
3: know what it was a reference to. I just <laughs> know that it was a thing that I don't get when I go to Catholic weddings.
0: You're like, I don't know. Um, I do like that. In like, what spoke to me in this scene was just sort of the the shared commonality. Like the the blind yes. guy basically recognizes. He's like, oh. I, I like I can't see and you can't talk, but we can help each other. You know, we and we both are both have. outcasts
2: and, because of right. Who we're both we are. outcasts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he doesn't this really a, question a him he's, when he realizes he's like, oh, oh, you can't speak. Okay, like, and he starts to try to help him with yeah. that. And yeah, I, I love gives that. Gives him a good
2: smoke. Yep. It
0: sure does. Yeah,
2: which <laughs> is a little weird scene. Modern days. Yeah, that's a weird.
0: That's like a weird image, but yep. uh, <laughs> he's fun. like smoke good.
2: Um, yeah. So something that actually comes up in the book is one of the main ways Frankenstein learns how Frankenstein's monster learns how to read is he uh he finds a copy of Paradise Lost, and um, of course he does. <laughs> yes, and he he questions whether or not he is Adam or whether or not he is Satan because Satan is a fallen angel. And so not only is there this, at least in Bride of Frankenstein, the movie itself, this religious undertone of, is he a Christ-like figure in reverse? But in the book, it's also this sort of, like, I am a figure of God. Am I a figure mm-hmm. of God as Adam, or am I a figure of God as Satan? Right. And something that Paradise Lost itself kind of argues is is Satan necessarily actually evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just a really interesting way that this story also can overlap with uh, biblical itself
3: yeah i feel like invoking i mean i didn't i didn't read the book but i feel like invoking paradise lost is a bit much yeah yes <laughs> it's very
0: especially, on.
2: especially news, for yeah. romantic literature just like hammer on the head boop yeah i think the main next thing that happens though is well the monster gets found out and gets scared away but monster oh. just totally oh yeah some people victorious
0: yeah <laughs> I was saying like, we forgot to say that some people show up at the blind guy's house and are like, look, it's a monster. And then yeah. he has to flee. And so yeah. that's why he doesn't get to stay and live happily ever after with his blind friend.
2: Which can we pull it our savings great. accounts yeah. together and make a yeah. <laughs> yeah. a movie of just them chilling together? Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yes. So monster runs into Pretorius and mm-hmm. which again, awesome, awesome scene. Like Pretorius goes like looking for like a woman And um, they find one, and the monster's like, ooh, this is going to be my mate. And Trace is like, yes, yes. And so, again, the monster, instead of finding a father figure in his actual craters, found it in the devil, which this is almost sort of like the Adam thing, which is he takes a bite of the apple instead of trying to live in Eden, which the thing is Eden cannot exist for him. So, uh also, I love that Pretorius is dining on someone's grave casket with a skeleton, oh, yeah. with with like a skull.
0: He's like very a- goth. Pretorius is, goth. Ex- is extremely goth. His whole house is
3: like the <laughs> Chiaroscuro lighting. It looks like uh, yeah. it looks like a uh, cabinet of Calgary. Whereas, yeah. whereas yeah, every other house... Really. It looks great. Every other house we see Without is like a fucking as much man.
2: isosceles triangles drawn on the side. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, every other house just has like big staircases and glass, you know, and looks like a... Yeah. A little, little different.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so they recreate the... Well, okay. The monster kidnaps Elizabeth, and it's like a hostage situation. And that's mm-hmm. finally what gets Henry to be like, oh, I need to make this woman. And so they do... And um, I think they have a much better reveal of the person waking instead of just like the hand moving, which is like I think it's Henry just like grabs the face covering and just rips it off her, and it's like this zoom in on the eye. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a quite a good old jump scare for an old yeah. W-
0: this whole final sequence is very visually striking. Mm-hmm. Like everything about the look of like the lab and the electricity and the bride like Mm -hmm. it's it's great and
2: i forgot to mention that like the brain they got didn't work like it didn't have the voltage capacity and so they get fritz to go off and murder someone and bring back their brain
3: it was a it was it was a police case they say well what's one thing that's interesting is that in the first movie to build the monster they needed a brain but in this one Mm. they kill the woman not to get a brain but to get a heart
2: yeah. Oh, I thought it was a brain. Oops, I Makes actually sense, literally it's... took that in my notes wrong. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Oops.
0: Yeah, I, I. Yeah, they're not super consistent, but I mean, maybe they are saying something about uh. That's, what I, that's the the male. Yeah. That's
3: what I think, and I mean, it's an interesting metaphor. Obviously, like.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know. I think women have brains too. Like, that's something. <laughs> yeah.
0: Theoretically. And we
2: hope that men have hearts as well.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um,
3: but I do think it's like an interesting metaphor to look at. Like, this this is like the key ingredient to the one monster and the key ingredient to the other. Um, the yes. the bride. All, like, can we talk about the title? The Bride of Frankenstein? Yes,
0: let's. Mm-hmm.
3: Like,. Do they mean Frankenstein as in the way we colloquially use Frankenstein to refer to the monster I, think so now? I mean,
0: this is, so it's it's really, it, I think it is this movie's fault that people call the monster Frankenstein mm-hmm. because it's, when you say Bride of Frankenstein, this movie is not about like Elizabeth. Yeah, I was going to say. Who is it's Elizabeth. The she the actual Bride of Frankenstein. She has about 10
3: lines in it. She ends oh. up Okay.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, the most boring character to have a movie named after. Right. But no, I do think it's I think it's this movie's fault for calling yeah. it Bride of Frankenstein. Um, I mean, I guess she the way he's the monster of Frankenstein, she's the bride. I mean, you could talk yourself into it, but no, they just wanted to call it that.
2: It's a great title. Yeah. Just in and of itself, it sounds super cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the monster chucks Fritz off the freaking. Uh, tower that they're on there's a lot of stuff that happens the music building in the scene is insane Mm -hmm. this this movie's got a great score yeah and and the lighting is like all the electricity is going looks great um oh that's right they renamed fritz carl in this movie too oh
0: Mm. yeah
3: well it's a different uh (laughs) i didn't even it's a different Fritz.
0: Uh, fritz is dead right yeah, yeah origi- but original, but it's basically
2: Fritz. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: so it's Fritz, then Carl, then Igor. This is bad Igor. note-taking on my part. That's oh, fine. It it's, anyway. it's might as well be a Fritz.
2: But anyway, we get to the reveal of the bride, mm-hmm. which arguably the greatest casting decision for a completely unimportant role in the end, mm. but it's the same person that plays Mary Shelley, Elsa Lancaster. Yeah, which they, is, they bring her back. Great move that you're mm-hmm. casting Mary Shelley as the bride.
0: It's also very economical considering she's got about two minutes at the beginning of the movie and two minutes at the yeah, end of the movie. For sure. But it works. It, it works really well. And yeah, her look, her look is just so striking. Like that, it really the it hair, really sells it. the eyebrows. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah one the gets whole her
2: eyebrows lot. done like that. No. Also, she like they have her in a wedding gown mm-hmm. immediately. <laughs> they had her ready. We're yeah. going, boom, we're gonna marry him off. Oh yeah. Um, and just the reveal of her standing, and Propertorius goes like, "It's the bride of Frankenstein," and like yeah. there's like a bell chime that starts going off in the score. Mm-hmm. That whole scene is awesome. I keep on repeating myself, but like there's so many good scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you guys think of the whole final bride sequence up until they, where the monster blows it up?
0: Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I think it's great. I think it's. I love the decision to have this actress come back and play this role. Um, I, the, her look is iconic for a reason. Um, and then the you know the actual sort of plot-wise reveal that you know she even she looks at the monster and sees a monster, which just, is you know heart dropping. It's right. It's kind. It's an actual like tragic. Ending for <laughs> who I would argue is really our protagonist by this point, uh, the monster. Honestly, um, right? Like, and so it's you know, it's it's sad because he had realized he wanted companionship, that you know he was lonely, and he was all on board with this, and then just not meant to be.
2: Yeah, but I I almost wonder if when Frankenstein's monster awoke for the first time and saw. Mm-hmm. The, well, another monster standing there you'd have had the same reaction because it's just it's right. startling
0: and like you said it's like in the book or even in the silent film where the monster is horrified when he sees himself for the mm-hmm. first time you know and so this this is sort of a riff on that where you know she she doesn't know she's a monster right yeah. <laughs> like <laughs>
2: and she doesn't so. she she's not able to process that oh this person can be a good person because he kind of is
1: yeah
3: yeah but part of it too though is like why would the monster like he wants companionship but um like it's sort of does he deserve companionship in the in the way that like does he deserve to have her as his bride like no someone yeah that's yeah they
2: they do not deserve to forcibly like awaken life again
3: right right
0: and this this will be yeah, this will be my my absolute final because We've been going for a long time. Um, but I warned you guys I was going to bring this yes. up. There's an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which focuses on this exact, on this particular element yeah, yeah. of uh, spoiler alert from a television episode from 22 years ago. Is it that <laughs> um, old? That's fine. It's from 1998, oh and unfortunately, yes. <laughs> That's why I was so um, bored. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's not, it's, it's honestly not actually that. Good of an episode. It's otherwise. not, yeah, but no, it's not. It's, it's, yeah, it's not very good, but it's called Some Assembly Required. It's a season two episode. Um, and a, um, a guy, like a nerdy scientist type teenage guy, his older brother dies. And his older brother was like a football star hero. Um, and I can't remember, I actually can't remember how he dies. It sounds it's not really, really that important. 90. Um, but the scientist brother brings his, his older brother back to life, like sort of. Frankenstein-ish style, I think he dies in a car accident or something, and he stitches him back up and gets some extra parts, brings him back to life. And then in that version of the story, the, the brother who's been brought back to life is kind of like, hey, I'm lonely. Like, I need a companion. Get, get me a companion. So they start harvesting the bodies of dead girls, um, but then ultimately have an issue with the brain where they're like, well, we're going to have to kill someone to, to get the brain. And so the big final confrontation is realizing that you know what? Maybe it's not, maybe an innocent person doesn't deserve to die to be um, cursed yeah. like I am to live this life. And then he runs off into a fire and sacrifices himself and no innocent people die in the very end. Um, but it does kind of focus on that element, which is like, you might be lonely, but, you know, that doesn't mean you deserve to go out and have somebody else murdered to be your undead monster companion. Right. And
3: that's yeah. why I do like... Just
0: find another blind person. Oh, right
3: yeah I, I do like um, the monster I think it's this final line actually which is you he, mm. he says to Pretorius you stay we belong dead and he means the three of them so mm-hmm. he kicks out um, right he kicks out Frankenstein and Elizabeth and he's gonna right. basically kill him um, the bride who also like I guess in like the metaphysical sense, Deserve, like doesn't deserve right, his, to be dead but like she she was dead she should stay well, dead
0: maybe deserves to rest right know? yeah like, yeah to, yeah, the, yeah not to be yeah, cursed to this existence yeah, yeah yeah she
3: doesn't deserve to be dead but she uh yeah. f- she should be dead because she already was dead and then pretorius she is like, belongs
2: dead yeah
3: yes she belongs that's dead. the line and then pretorius is the only one actually being punished because uh, like fuck it does seem Yeah because he did all this Yeah and it, and it does seem like there There is like Sort of the, This melancholic tone Throughout the monster uh, of, of the monster Throughout the movie Where Like Being Reanimated Doesn't seem like That great a deal Like His whole existence <laughs> Has just been yeah, being, tortured, this, being tortured Being tortured Being chased after Having people like Hit him with torches and, and stuff feared. like that Yeah so yeah, I, I I really like the way this movie ends. And I think mm-hmm. the initial ending, it was supposed to be that um they all die, like including Dr. Frankenstein yeah. and plus minus Elizabeth. Um mm-hmm. and I I really like the decision where the Fra- the monsters like he gets the the hero's gesture at the end, really. Like mm hmm he gets to solve the problem and save the good guy at the same time. or I mean the the guy who's in the midst of redemption. Yeah
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Do you know why they decided to reshoot the ending? like did te- were test audiences mad that did they have test audiences then I don't even know. Um, but I, don't I know. wonder what why I mean, I, I think it's a better ending which I don't necessarily sometimes I think the everyone dies ending is the way to go but i I do like this distinction is drawn as like you you should live we should not mm-hmm. um, makes for a better ending
3: yeah because if if all of we- them die then he's a killer um, yeah as right. opposed to in this case he's getting he's kind of a hero yeah. yeah he's getting revenge on the one person who deserves it and then everyone else is being spared
1: mm-hmm
2: yeah. And and when when, when he pulls the leverage yeah, Brian yeah. hisses, which is pretty Good. iconic at this point. Weird thing, I didn't notice this, but do you know who is uh who plays the hunter in the uh the uh, scene where they barge in on the blind hermit? No. John Carradine. Hmm.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah.
2: Cool. Which is uh we'd not have recognized. Uncredited, but wow. It's a young John Carradine.
3: Well.
2: Anyway. Yeah. So that just about ripes a uh of Frankenstein. <laughs> Indeed. Um Nick, how much more time do you think you have? Uh, not, Negative 15 yeah, minutes? Not much. <laughs> okay. Well let, let's We I guess we won't have a full young Frankenstein no, we, discussion. I, but think we, seeing
0: I mean I think we, we, we all shouted it out. Yeah. yeah,
2: we all watched it this week, but um I, I the main thing. Besides which we did the chloros leachman thing, the mm-hmm. other main thing I wanted to talk about with uh, *Bright of Frankenstein* was the way they do the blind person scene.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Because yeah. there's an actor who again oh. acts super ah. happy and nice.
0: A recurring, a recurring character in this podcast. Yeah. Ha-
2: what what is what did Gene Hackman do in the two weeks that we decided to watch movies right here? That's just like. <laughs>
0: So nice, yeah. and and in like a wacky comedy. Which I mean, he did make comedies later on as well. Not not yeah, but as like often, you said. It but... was
2: always like he was kind of a creepy comic, right? and yeah. not like the kind hermit, it's
0: right? Like, I think about him Where are in, you like going? like I in was like about to make espresso breakers. Or yeah, that's a very funny moment. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was I was very psyched to see him uh, pop up here. Yeah, uh, that was. Because that was another one where I don't think when I saw this as a kid I had any concept that that was Gene Hackman. Like it mm-hmm. just would not have been my radar. So
2: it, interesting that they, uh, the um, they don't only have the Igor characters in assistant, but they also throw Terry Gar in there. I wonder what the decision to do that was. Because that's yeah. very because all all the women in all the Frankenstein movies are all relegated to just being, you know.
1: mm Hmm.
0: No, it is it, interesting wives. that they they basically send Elizabeth, like the Madeleine Kahn character, away for the whole movie, only at the beginning and end, and then have this Terry Gar character instead. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, other than just having more characters in it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. If, is that, um, it, is that and, like maybe
3: and, in one of the sequels?
0: That's what I was wondering. Maybe. I'm like, is that, could that I'm be for like a son of... I don't remember it. I know I, I I read a couple of quotes where they said that when they were making young Frankenstein they pulled they did pull from like all of the uh, uh-huh. the, the existing ones it shows. So like there's like five that they pull from. So I'm assuming the stuff that I don't recognize is from the ones I did not right. watch.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, not to say they they necessarily represented Terry Gar the best way. You the main joke she's about her is though. she has big knockers. She
0: does. <laughs>
3: Thank you, doctor. <laughs> Thank
2: you. I was hoping someone would say that. God, yeah. <laughs> and she has a roll in the hay.
0: <laughs> she does. Ugh, she's so she's so funny. She's so funny in this. She's very funny. Terry yeah. Gar is
2: such an underrated comic actress. She is. But the thing is, you're also in a movie with Madeline Kahn. And yeah,
0: come on. Indeed. Oh, watch the nails. <laughs> Yeah, she's this. Her energy in this it's it's very uh, it's very similar to uh, What's Up Doc, where she's sort of the high maintenance like <laughs> yeah. the, vian- the fiance
3: yeah. who's like sort of cast aside. The for, fiance,
0: uh... except in one exactly in, in, in
2: What's Up Doc, she's kind of like bumbling, and this one she's like actively trying to yes. sabotage things.
0: Yeah, true.
2: But she's great, uh, mm-hmm. Marty Feldman, uh, just one of the funniest legend. people.
0: Yeah, he's so good when, in this movie. When he,
2: when uh, Gina Wilder and Terry Gar are going through the basement and they see all the different uh, skull heads, <laughs> and they get to the very end, and it's like
0: recently. And just, it's, "Hey, I, 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 I laugh at that so much. <laughs> yeah, that's like a great laugh out loud moment. My
3: favorite line in the whole movie on this rewatch, and I've seen it like tons of times before. But when they, it's like right after that when they're looking around in the like, the dungeon or whatever, or, like, in the corridors of, of this place. Yeah. And they find the violin, and he touches it, and he goes, it's still warm.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's such a great nonsense oh, It just
3: killed me. <laughs> it was so funny.
2: One thing I do want to say, because, and I, I'm going to briefly bring up um, the other adaptions that I, I didn't get to watch entirely, but I tried to watch scenes from it. And looked into, which is Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and the most recent Victor Frankenstein with uh, Jeans McAvoy. Um, something they all, very fanservice, throw in is, it's alive, alive. Mm-hmm. And in a movie where you could have spoofed that line to Kingdom Come, doesn't mm-hmm. even show up. And I think they actually do the uh, converse of that line even better dramatic line than even the original Frankenstein, which is, give my creation life. Yeah, Which is, It isn't even this, like, acknowledgement of this thing is becoming alive. It's, like, a literal demand to God to put mm-hmm. life into this creature. Yeah. Which it's, is, it's a really dramatic scene, honestly. And Gene Wilder yeah. was playing it pretty sillyly, but it's, like, intense.
0: More scenes of this, of Young Frankenstein were played straight than I'd remembered. Like, there's, yeah. there's just a lot more of it is, yeah, like I said, sort of it's almost just more like a a remake like a comedic remake than like a straight up satire or parody um, mm-hmm. and that was that was one of them
2: yeah um, ugh, I'm blanking on the name remind me who plays the monster again
0: Uh, Peter Boyle uh, oh god damn it Peter Boyle thank you I right. wanted to say
2: Peter Doyle but I knew that wasn't right yeah, Peter Boyle Peter Boyle he is so underrated in that movie because I'm like Jim very... Wilder and Cloris Leachman which Cloris Leachman is also a national
0: treasure you know that Peter Boyle's only Feldman.
3: Peter Boyle's only four inches taller than than Gene Wilder.
2: That's ridiculous. Yeah. They make him look
0: huge. In the um, <laughs> yeah, they make him look huge. In
3: the the put on the Ritz scene, you can see he's wearing just like the tallest shoes I've ever seen.
0: Right, like these absolute massive platform yeah. shoes. They yeah, had, I they that
3: had that some
2: Godfather Al Pacino platform yeah. shoes.
0: Yeah,
2: realize. they're. Uh, huge. Um. He he is so good, and I think especially his scene where he's with the blind person. Um, With Gene Hackman and Gene Hackman's accidentally like pouring soup on him, he's just like, "Ah!"
0: That's yeah. (laughs) That was that was one of my favorite scenes when I was a kid (laughs) for sure. I thought that was the funniest part. (laughs) He
2: he takes the thumb and he lights it, and
0: (laughs) Peter Boyle just kind of looks like, (laughs) like, "Okay, (laughs) yeah." He's really good at that scene. Ton of physical comedy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Young Frankenstein. Great movie. Yeah,
0: recommend. Good watch
2: uh-huh um yeah so that basically puts everything to bed um I do want to say lastly the Mary Shelley Frankenstein is interesting cuz it decides to follow the book very purely for the first half and then it decides to become the most absolutely ludicrous horror movie i was going to say more the of the like a half. straight
0: up horror movie based i mean yeah, i say this based it on it Wikipedia summary but
2: it completely, re- I mean, I read, I've read. i really only read the book, of people, but I also, like, watched scenes from it. And it really did, the book and the Frankenstein, Brighter Frankenstein, the horror comes from this uncomfortable sense of, like, this is a really sad story. It's, like, sad horror. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's, like, the monster, like, takes Elizabeth and sticks its hand through her and rips her heart out. And that becomes the bride's heart. Mm-hmm. And then, because Elizabeth is now dead, they reanimate her and put the heart back in. And now she's the bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. And that gets, that's a whole other level of hoof. Um, and originally, so remember, I mean, Nick, remember, do you remember when I mentioned that um, they blame the death of Frankenstein's son, or younger brother, on this one woman? They murder her for it mm-hmm. in the book? At first, he wants her to be the bride of Frankenstein, and like this movie goes so off the rails, in terms of anything, and I think that's where it really falls apart. Also, Bob De Niro is not a good monster. It's
0: yeah, yeah. I I almost want to watch clips of this just to see Robert no. De Niro as Frankenstein's yeah. monster, but I probably will not do that.
3: In my yeah, head, I've it's, it's, I've it's never seen bad. any clips from this, but in my head, it feels like I imagine it to be like Dick Tracy, only with the. Uh, <laughs> De is right. this like over the top cartoonish It's character.
2: not it's it's really not Yeah, far. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then Leslie the, the Victor Frickett side that I watched way more Scenes than I should have ever done Um In the modern interpretation it comes out A lot like Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes Where yeah. it's just like two dude Bros like cracking jokes It's like and,
0: m- half about Igor right
2: Yeah and Igor yeah. like And like the very first scene Or something like Frankenstein alters Igor to not have a hunch, so they can just make Daniel Radcliffe, like, normal and hot. And like, they, they like, Frankenstein's monster is like an actual raving lunatic bear monster, almost. And they have to, like, kill it. N- not not a movie that works. I'd have to no. assume from just what I know.
0: <laughs>
2: so, so. It's interesting how Frankenstein has been adapted over the years.
0: Indeed.
2: All right, so I think we're going to rate th- at least we're going to rate 3 of these movies. Oh gosh. Frankenstein. Thumbs up, thumbs down.
3: Thumbs up.
0: Thumbs up.
2: Up. Sounds good. Jenna, what are you going to rate Frankenstein? Um
0: I really liked it. It's hard. I feel like I have to rate it like in comparison to Bride of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um I'll give it 3 out of 4.
3: Nick? The same.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of between a three and a three and a half, but I'm going to lean mm-hmm. three. So straight threes, just like Bonnie and Clyde.
0: Go, <laughs> you <laughs> Very similar movies. lot Lots yes. yes. in common.
2: Exactly. Um, Bright of Frankenstein. Nick, what do you rate Bride of Frankenstein out of four?
3: I'm going to give it a three and a half.
2: Jenna? Same for me. I'm going to go straight four. I love the fuck out of that movie. Anyway. It's
0: good. I, I will definitely watch it again. Like I... I I would love I, to watch I could watch never it. get
2: sick of watching that movie. It's yeah. so short. It's funny. Yeah, it's so short. And it's fun. sad. Yeah. It's uh, kind of creepy. It's got a satisfying
0: it all. ending. Yeah,
2: so satisfying. Um, and I will guess I will start on uh, Young Frankenstein. I give it a thumbs up and I'll say a three and a half out of four. Uh, Jana?
0: Same. Three and a half out of four. It's close to a four for me. It's not like yeah. a perfect movie, think- but it's, it's a strong three and a half.
2: I think the big thing with Young Frankenstein is it really loses, like, pacing issues towards the end, Yes. Mm-hmm. where just, like, yes. really random stuff happens. That's a Mel
0: Brooks issues. issue for it, me. It really
2: comes up a lot in yeah. Mel Brooks movies, and yeah. honestly, this might be one of the better movies
0: that yeah. I have. Yeah, it is, been. but yeah, the, the pacing, is, it, it's tough.
2: It, like, after the about the halfway mark, Mel Brooks just literally loses the script. Yeah. Yeah. And just random stuff happens.
3: I'm also going three and a half, but it's almost a four. If it was a little bit tighter, it would be a four. Yeah, it's really close.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The first half
2: of that movie is a full four.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
2: Anyway. Well, that'll be all for today. Um, Next week, you're not discussing any movies in particular except Armageddon. We are discussing Michael Bay's Armageddon for Roger Ebert's hated movies. Uh, to yes. start off our season finale. Um, and then we will be reviewing and discussing uh, different aspects of the movies we have been previously watching recently. Um, so until then, you can check us out at Letterboxed and on Twitter at Great Movies Pod. You can also check out uh, our best friend, Scott Brady, who did awesome, awesome artwork for us for the uh, cover of the podcast at S. Brady Artist on Twitter. And did I miss anything on my closing statement?
0: I don't think so. I think you got it. That is
2: the first time I've probably done that. Anyway, (laughs) sounds good. Roger out, guys. Roger out. Roger out. Bye, Nick.
1: And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else.
0: And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films... Is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people. Sorry, I was worried that Nick had lost power. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was just like,
3: Oh no, that was.
0: <laughs> you there? You're I'm good? here.
3: No, if my screen ever goes black, <laughs> it's me either getting texts or uh, ah,
0: se- right. seeing baseball
3: updates and trying to to make sure that ah, clear, make sure that those bozos aren't blowing it.
0: Uh, they were blowing it earlier. But... They,
3: they scored three runs in this, the bottom of the sixth.
0: Oh, great. Okay. Anyway. Although not great if Rich Hilt was still pitching. Sorry.
2: <coughs> yeah. Oh, Rich Hilt. Sorry.
0: Hill. He was doing well earlier, yeah. but all right. Okay. Frankenstein.
2: Yeah. What, where is it going off? Swing and a miss. Strike three. Three outs to get. He's only allowed one base runner.
3: I don't want to. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I don't officially... want to throw us off on another <laughs> tangent. And um, I can't do anything oh about it right now anyway. But Giolito has three outs left for a no-no.
0: no yes! no. No! It, and it's against. I mean, that wasn't a no, but like, I just don't want to miss it. And
3: against the Pirates. So he's got a pretty good shot.
2: <laughs> I'm so happy for Giolito this year, honestly. I love him.
3: Yeah, I mean, I. I what I, a comeback yeah. story he has had. Yeah, I like him a lot. And for somebody who's going to torture my team for the next like five years in the division. Um, and and he's destroyed Cleveland. Um, he he seems yeah. like a good dude. He's got except, like good, for, he's got a good like yeah except for like story. two
2: seasons ago and his like main his his year after his rookie year when he was like the worst pitcher in all of baseball history.
3: Yeah, this year and last <laughs> this year, poor guy. This year and last year, he's absolutely tortured us. Was he was he an All Star last year? Yeah. He was he was really good last year.
2: I don't believe he was an All Star because he still had that cloud of like he could be the worst baseball prospect in history. And it was like, maybe the first half was just a fluke, not a fluke. Definitely. is turning out to be a, a it's a thing now. He's a thing.
3: Yeah. He's, he's, he's Unroudly. good. He's yeah. good. And he seems like a good person. Like yeah, he's, he's, he's been one of the few, uh, like outspoken baseball players. And, uh, I guess there's been more recently, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, I'm used yes. to, I'm yeah. used to all baseball how, players having terrible how, opinions. How,
0: Exactly. It's it's amazing the low bar. When not a political was about as good as we got for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well. Uh, do you know how many pitches he's thrown? I don't. I'd really like it if it was
2: a Greg Maddox uh, no dough.
1: He's
0: looking he's looking good. He's he's bouncing around in the dugout. He's he's bouncing around in the dugout.
3: You've got to pull okay, up
0: I'm just gonna yeah, oh yeah. I have the MLV TV just okay. one of my big over there. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> so as to... <laughs> as we transition okay. into brighter of Frankenstein, yeah, we might hear fine. Janice squeal at the last yeah. time or something.
0: Yeah, it's fine. We still we're still the bottom of the eighth, so okay. it's uh gotta get all the way back around to the ninth.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh one more weird baseball tangent. What do you guys prefer? A Maddox or a no no?
3: Uh, no, I mean no hitters just because they're so rare.
0: Yeah, no hitter. Yeah. I, I just yeah. I
2: really like a Maddox. I like I like your I, mean, I like the efficiency. Yeah,
0: I respect it. Yeah, I respect like it. I you know, but I think it's more. It's also easier. Like I don't know. I, I just think it's easier to. Like my parents will be like, hey, there was a no hitter last night versus them having yeah. any idea that like a match happened. True. I just think it's it, it has a cultural significance mm-hmm. that you just can't. Yeah,
3: stop. more so than either, I'd rather see like an 18, 19, 20 strikeout game. Uh mm. yes. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, no hitters are yeah. still. Yeah. We were willing I think there's
2: Nick Jinxing Kenta Maeda's incredible like nine strikeout run, no hitter.
0: True, yeah. Didn't do that. It was one pitch. It was like
3: the uh, pitch after I brought it up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, one and two in the air, right hand side. Um, Adam Angle. Sorry, sorry, don't drop it. Okay, Uh, (laughs) sorry, um, you guys, one out to go. Uh, Wow, for Gialito. Yeah, two two outs, thirteen strikeouts, one out to go, ninety eight pitches. Who's who's Maddox? He could ninety eight
3: pitches. Didn't Paxton? Pages. Didn't Paxton throw a no-hit Maddox when he threw his a couple years ago?
0: I believe so. Yeah, sounds, I think that's that sounds right. right to me.
2: I'm gonna be googling no-hit Maddoxes if
0: this. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> it was in the middle of my train of thought, and the guy like popped up, and I was just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, don't drop it. Um, huh. this makes me so nervous. On 0-2 to right field, Adam Engel is there a no-hitter? Oh my god. He did it, by the way. He did it.
3: Wow, awesome. Good for him.
0: Um, uh, oh, they took the bug off the screen. It was very quick, though. It might have been 99. I didn't see for sure. Oh, he's so happy.
3: Oh, good for him.
0: Oh, the pirates are so mad. <laughs> Don't <laughs> show me the mad pirates.
3: Why Why would they be? Of course they're going to get no hit. They're awful. Oh,
0: they, they also just totally, you know, all the protocols. they are They're all just dogpiling him, and and, then COVID protocols are out the window when someone throws a no-hitter. I mean, just sweaty face-to-face hugs all around. Oh, no, sorry. (laughs) No, sorry. Also, I was talking too loudly because I'd unmuted it, so it was like all the noise in my ear, but yeah, just tons of unmasked uh, hugs. Although, oh no, now everyone's looking at Eloy Jimenez. I hope he's okay. Um oh, can you imagine but, yeah. if
2: poor Eloy Evan has hurt himself dogpiling? Got Lucas injured Jaleas and celebrating.
0: Order. That's happened before, right? Like people have gotten is like sure, significantly yeah. injured during like dogpiles and I know there's been significant
2: ones when a soccer player has scored a goal and like jumped to celebrate and like totally torn their Achilles or their I... lat.
0: I, I have a vague memory of it happening on, like, walk-off celebrations and stuff. Mm. But um, Okay, hold on. First pitcher in White Sox history with 10-plus strikeouts and a no-hitter, and he tied his own career high of 13 strikeouts. Well, that's fun. Good for him. That's a nice story. It didn't Th- give a thank pitch you, count. Nick, for alerting us that yep. that was happening. Somehow, uh, I like, I, I am
2: the only up. one that cares about a pitch count.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Come
2: on, MLB TV.
0: It'll Yeah, they are not showing that factoid at all. Um,
2: 101 oh, yeah. pitches.
0: Um, okay. So I, can, I was going to say it must not, not have been a Maddox. Or... Of... Oh, the Dodgers are, beating, are winning. Sorry, what?
3: I was going to say that it must not have been a Maddox, or I feel like they would have hit that because I feel like they kept talking about it when when Paxton got his. Like it was Probably. it was a, a thing. It wasn't just that he threw the no hitter; was that it was a no hit Maddox. He was still. I remember yeah. Paxton. He was still throwing like a hundred in the ninth inning. Really? No
2: wonder yeah, he's always injury.
0: I was going to say, yes, <laughs> no wonder his arm fell off and he can't throw God, anymore. Poor
2: him. Oh, poor guy.
0: <sighs>
2: well, it does sound like Eloy Hedman has just hurt himself so <laughs> pretty. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: He was on the ground with trainers looking at him. Oh wow! We're doing a movie podcast, right? That's the Which, thing we're doing yeah. right now. Yes,
2: but another right. thing is like Eloy <laughs> Jimenez is another. I shouldn't be happy. I shouldn't prospect. be happy
3: for the White Sox. They're gonna torture me for the next five years. It's gonna be awful. Are
0: they about to get really good? I haven't been paying that much attention to them. They're, they they're had like they're the best pretty, farm pretty good system this year for like. Two I guess years. they have all those yeah. good pros. And I then they called everyone they up, and none problems.
2: of them really yeah. panned out. And now they're starting mm-hmm. to pan out.
0: Yeah. Could you imagine
3: if they still had Tatis too?
0: Oh God, no!
3: Yeah, because they had Tatis. They traded him for oh. uh, James James Shield. Uh, <laughs> but no, they haven't <laughs> even. Look they how have,
0: you can't even like laughing too hard, to even get it out.
3: They have uh, Nick Madrigal, who's supposed to be really good. Still, mm-hmm. uh, hasn't been called up. I don't think so. There be. Tim they're be very good.
2: Figures things out. There's a there's a lot I want for them.
3: Yeah, I like I like Tim Anderson. The, I think. They are much more likable than the twins, um, who I like. I'm not a fan of. I am not a fan of the twins. And uh, Shane Bieber six and zero right now because he beat the twins tonight. So, so uh, oh. what what, okay. what, what, is this, uh, what is the topic of this? What is the topic of this? Welcome podcast? back. I'm going to have a fun White edit. Sox
0: podcast. <laughs> yeah.
3: Anyway, no, leave yeah, it in. People sorry. people will get to re-experience the. I was going to
0: say. The uh, excitement of our live watch of uh... oh oh he just got he just got the Gatorade or whatever yes. bath oh he's so happy. Uh,
2: I can't wait to watch. Good for favorite. him.
0: Yeah, I makes mean, me uh yeah good for him. I love when, I mean I love just no hitters and people being this excited in general. But he seems like such a good dude who deserves it. Yeah,
3: yeah that's why I was like I don't like the twins, but I was bummed for Kenta. I like Kenta Maeda.
0: Yeah, Kenta's the best. I would have. I mean, I would, I would have been, like, sort of bummed if he left the Dodgers and then immediately a I mean, <laughs> no-hitter for another team. But uh, but I don't begrudge him any. It's not like he chose to go anywhere, so.
3: Sure, yeah, he got
2: traded. And you guys got Mookie, so.
0: Yeah, I well, yeah, it's not, like, yeah. It, <laughs> I think it worked out okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, Menta, Kenta actually, like, re-upped and then got traded, so.
1: Mm. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, that's, um, yeah. Oh, I'm also kind of weirdly happy for Jason Bonetti that he got to call a no-hitter. Like, that's. Hmm. fun for a broadcaster you know that'd be fun yeah
1: anyway